Seven of Chin Music, a podcast presented by Fangraphs in Cab, Illinois. My name is Kevin Goldstein, and the revolving co-host chair turns its way westward to San Francisco, California. And joining me is the great writer for Fangraphs. It's Ben Clemens. Ben, how are you? I'm doing pretty well, Kevin. How are you? Good. I'm glad you could join me. And, and I don't take this wrong, but like I, I've been reading your stuff, and 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 I every time I read stuff, I'm like, man, Ben's really good, and I don't think enough people know about him. Appreciate it. So, uh, I'm ha- so I'm happy to have you on, and hopefully more people know about you. Exactly the mix of compliment and insult I was hoping for. <laughs> I don't take it that way. <laughs> um, so this is this show is going to be a little different from, from what you've heard in the past. Um, obviously, we are recording a day early, so we can have an episode up for opening day tomorrow. We're recording this on Wednesday afternoon. And, um, you know, no special guest. No listener email, but if you have a listener email, send it to us, chinmusic at fangraphs.com. We will certainly read it and we might answer it. And uh, so if you have that, send it on. But we're just going to preview the season. We're going to talk about some big storylines and then we're going to walk our way through all six divisions, talk about all 30 teams and go from there so everyone can be happy. Um, Before we start, a a couple pieces of uh, in front of things, a couple pieces. uh, It is that time of the year. It is the beginning of the year, and over at Fangraphs, we are having our annual membership drive. Um, if you are already a member, please renew. And if you are someone who's never done it before and you like what you uh, hear, watch, read, use in terms of the statistical tools and all that kind of stuff, if these are valuable to you, like please support us. You know, all this stuff is free. This ends up sounding like a PBS thing. I think I'm going to start talking about tote bags and, and Chick Corea DVDs or something. Yeah. Um, it feels like but, NPR, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because, again, like all the content's free. We're asking you to support us. Uh, but go to Fangraphs.com. It's right there on the front page. It's a big yellow button. You can become a member or donate. And and, and please do so. You know, we work really, really hard. I, I hope the 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 passion for the game that, that everyone at Fangraphs has, I hope, comes through in all of the content that you get. Um and so if, if it is something that is of value to you, um, please support us. And we know times are tough right now. We know there's a global pandemic. We know a lot of people have uh, lost their jobs or have their reduced income. If you can't, I, I get it. We get it. Understood. Uh, but if you can and things are going well and it's something that, that you value, uh, please show us how you value it and help us support the site. Uh, you ready to go? Yeah, let's do it. It's time for the baseball season. Are you excited? I just can't wait. I love having baseball on in the background all day and just like, I mean, spring training's fine and college baseball sounds wrong with the metal bats. I'm just very excited to have that back as a somewhat normal baseline in my life. Yeah. And, and uh, one more thing, like tomorrow's opening day, um, starting with the first pitch and, and going until the last pitch. So, you know, 12 plus hours, uh, 
there will be people chatting at Fangraphs all day. Um, Jay Jaffe and I are taking uh, shift one, handling the day games. I think Jay's going to start off watching the Yankees game. I'm going to start off watching the Tigers and the Indians, and then obviously we'll be flipping from there. Do you got a shift, Ben? Yeah, I think I'm going to do a little bit at the 7 Eastern slot and then cover the late games. Late night action. I do. I, I love me some West Coast baseball as a night person. Um, so before we get into kind of the divisional previews, we did want to discuss um, what we think some of the big storylines will be uh, for, for 2021. I did write a piece that went up today about kind of what I learned from spring training. And in talking to people and looking at the headlines, it just feels like uh, injuries and, and health are going to be in my mind, just the defining single issue uh, of the 2021 season. You already think about every team nearly this point already has a problem in terms of someone hurt, someone missing a lot of time. And I think some of that is a function of the world we live in. Players got out of their routine. Uh, Players didn't get as much work in last year as they wish they did. They had the word stutter. And, and, you know, I'll be honest with you, when baseball shut down last March, a lot of players shut it down too. A lot of players did not keep working out. A lot of players were absolutely convinced that was it. And they were, we were not coming back and, and they, they ramped up too quickly. We saw all the issues, um, tons of COVID issues, obviously. And, and that's not going away either. There's obviously, we've seen it already. Teams are having COVID issues, um, not the same, uh, number that they had them last year, but you know, we also have rates, unfortunately going up uh, again, all of a sudden. So it's something to keep an eye on, but I, I really do think that there's going to be like a, there's going to be a, a surprise playoff team this year. And when you ask what went right for them, the answer is going to be they just stayed healthy while the other teams didn't. And, and, and obviously, I think the opposite is true as well. There's a team right now that, that everybody thinks is going to be in the playoffs and is going to miss it. And it's going to be because they were just decimated by, by DL stints. Yeah. A lot of these teams with five good starters like look really good. And then you think about what's going to happen when they're when they're inevitably using eight starters this year. Right. And it's like, wow, that that gap between five and eight is pretty steep. The gap between if things go right and, you know, if a guy throws 110 innings and he's like, well, I only threw 45 last year and I'm not recovering the way I expected to. That gap seems like it could be quite large for a few teams. Yeah, and I I talked to one high-up official, and the word he used was terrified in terms of of what they think is going to be going on with their, their pitching. And he assumes they're going to use 10 to 12 starters. He assumes they're going to have all sorts of issues. It'll be interesting to see how teams kind of do what's become a very hip term in the NBA, kind of this load management. Um, and how many teams go like temporarily to, temporarily to six starters? How many teams employ maybe like a piggyback thing where you're like, hey, these are our two pitchers. It's Smith and Jones today, and we're hoping to get six or seven out of them in some combination. And, and how many teams are going to also phantom dudes and just say, <laughs> look, like, you're fine. We know you're fine, but we're going to skip your next couple starts. We're just going to put you on the IL. It's going to be, you know, we'll, we'll make something up. You have, you know, a shin splint. You have shoulder soreness, whatever. You have, you know, tendinitis is the, yeah. always the great term for Every pitcher's always hurt. So. Right. And you say, oh, you tendinitis, and we're just going to skip your next two starts. Um, and then, you know, there's issues around that, too, and, and just in the sense that, you know, if you are a pitcher and you are, say – approaching free agency do you really want to be skipped or do you want to keep pitching and you know improve something to teams that are looking to maybe sign you to a contract next year i think it's going to be a complicated matter that's going to um require a lot of i guess the word i'm looking for is improvisation all year yeah i mean it, 
it's good at least that it doesn't screw with service time. It's better than the uh, the AAA shuttle. Yeah, and and you know, and obviously we already see like position players going down too. I just think depth's going to be so so important. And, and it's funny, like when I look at rosters these days and try to think of what a team's going to look like this year. Um, like we all know what their, you know, in general, what their their opening day roster is going to look like, and what their everyday starting lineup is look like. I find myself staring at their bench and who's ready at the alt site to come up because those guys are going to get leaned on hard. Yeah, it just seems like there's no way around it after, like you said, a year with no routines, and athletes are just such creatures of habit. You know, when they're when they're being effective, it just feels like they're just going to inevitably be enough hiccups. And uh, so what's one of your big storylines, Ben? So one thing I'm very interested in, well, interested is an interesting way of saying it, uh, is in paying attention to is the CBA negotiations this year. And last year was nasty. I mean, there's kind of no two ways about it. The owners and the players didn't really agree on much of anything and (laughs) basically reached a settlement only because it would have been worse not to reach a settlement. I don't think either side walked away from that happy. Then in the offseason, you know, it was just such a slam dunk to have an NLDH for all the reasons we just talked about on the injury side. Yeah. Just really no reason to... expose pitchers to that i don't think the pa wanted it and i don't think teams you know candidly wanted it either and just because of the ill will and mistrust there they didn't get anything done a thing that would have benefited both sides i think that's just reading the tea leaves of how that negotiation is going to go i think is going to just be a large backdrop to the whole season yeah i mean this is as as what's the opposite of amicable uh this is the least. This is the, this is pro, this is the most contentious the two sides have been, um, certainly since the last work stoppage. Um, this is these are angry sides and and sides who have really dug in, um, and someone's going to have to budge. And I don't see I I, I I don't see any scenario. And I've said this before, where we don't have a gap at least. I don't know about spring training next year. But I don't see any scenario where the CBA doesn't expire at the end of the World Series without a new deal. I don't think that I don't think there's any way that happens unless something really weird happens. Um, and there's just so dug in that I just I, I am fearful for the 2022 season. I think it was a 50-50 shot of a, of a of a real work stoppage. Yeah, I I'd like to think that it won't miss the whole season, but the odds of like you said at least spring training being impacted feel pretty substantial at this point. And what what do you see as kind of the biggest issues that will hold it up? It just feels to me like owners aren't going to budge much on service time, and there's been just increasing momentum among the in the Players Association for some kind of like liberalization of the service time rules, some kind of modernization mm-hmm. that gets rid of the you know, six to seven year paradigm that teams have control of players for. I think people have written about this a lot. I'm not new to this idea, but the fact that it used to be that old players got paid too much and that subsidized the fact that young players got paid too little and then teams learned economics and stopped paying old players too much Mm -hmm. just feels like a, a wedge in the game and baseball's growing and you know, that makes everybody happier, but it it just feels like the 
the skepticism around whether owners are actually trying to maximize the growth of the game or just trying to profit maximize is going to be the biggest sticking point. Yeah, and I do think there's some... I, easy is not a good word. I think there's some things that, that you could address and still maybe make both sides happy. And I think the first thing you need to fix is just year one of service time, if you will, and and the service time manipulation. Um, and I, I know that's a... It's quite the catchphrase today, and sometimes it gets used or misused, rather, in the set. There are certain play... Like, I don't think Nico Horner is a service time manipulation. Guy got a full year last year. Um, he's more likely, you know, a non-tender candidate in his third year of arbitration than a, some sort of big name free agent. And I, not every time a guy sends down is a service time manipulation, but it still happens. And I just think you need to, to create a rule set beyond the six year thing you talked about. You need to create some sort of rule set that doesn't just allow, but it encourages teams to put their best team on the field. And, and, and maybe that's some sort of situations where, uh, you know, for year one, if you go over a certain amount of playing time, you get one year of service time, period. Like your first year, if you get over whatever, 40 days, it's one year. Like you, the first year you get one year in and that will prevent teams from pulling these, you know, shenanigans to May 15th or two, you know, right. or, or and all the teams that and I've been in front offices and, and, and look like a much of the first half of the year like someone somewhere has a spreadsheet or something else where they're trying to figure out where the super two deadline is you know and they're, they're trying to estimate that uh for choices of calling up and i think that there's the rules in place that incentivize teams not to put their best team on the field are bad for baseball it's bad for fans it's bad for the players and i think there's a solution there that doesn't necessarily free everything up on a way that would make the the the, the mlb side upset right I think one thing that might be a somewhat amicable solution as well is changing what the minimum salary is. And I think that like the, the way that the structure works where you get to pay these guys nothing for the first three years of service time, I think just really incentivizes bad behavior on teams. And if that mm -hmm. kind of gap, like the, the slope shape from pre-arb to arb and from arb to free agency were changed... Like, in a way that doesn't change the total outlay, but in a way that just makes the slope smoother. Right. I think that would help. That That's a tough thing to negotiate without trust on both sides. And so maybe that's just not doable this year. It's but. really tough. You also, I mean, and hopefully this will change, to be honest with you. And, and I, you know, I generally take the player's side in, in these kind of negotiations, but I can be critical of them, which is in, um, you know, past negotiations, it feels like it was, you know, all their concessions or anything, they were all made to give more they, their only concern really at times was, was the veterans if you will yeah i think something uh, has to give on that side if mm -hmm. there's going to be any kind of broad sweeping thing because it's not like the total outlays in the game are so wildly one-sided it's just the shape of it is all wrong right and uh the, the question is is like if, if you're going to even that out you're lowering the top tier and then all of a sudden like are the players going to live in a world where there aren't 40 million aavs because the left side of the slopes making, you know, it's all making more. Yeah. You'd hope they're willing to, and you'd hope, but I'm not sure. Like you said. And then, you know, the other, you know, it, I think most things do resolve around um, free agency and service time. And obviously there's been thoughts about, you know, starting a clock when you sign um, right. and, and, and free agency at a certain age or a certain amount of, of, of time after you after you first ink your first contract. So, you know, once you get going, your clock's already started, which gives, you know, incentives to teams to call guys up when they're ready, period. 
Um, I, I think the other thing that comes to mind for for me um, is COVID. Like, I, and, and I, I'm I'm talking to you as someone who I literally an hour ago got a needle in my arm. I got shot number one, um, and I have no soreness yet. Um, yeah. Congratulations! Feeling, I'm a little I'm jealous. Feeling, yeah, it was, we were really happy. Like we, my wife and I got like an email saying, Hey, you're good to go. And, uh, we signed up, we picked a time together so we could go together. We drove four minutes to the convocation center, which is like the, and I use basketball arena, max size basketball arena. Um, it was thing ran like clockwork. We walked in, they scanned QR codes. We stood in the line, they scanned our QR code again, got another line. They asked us questions, scanned our QR code, sat down, got a shot went into the arena itself, sat for 15 minutes, walked out. A lot of QR weird. codes involved in this. A lot of, it's, it's one QR code. It's a lot of scanning of that QR code. Um, and we already got our second appointment for the end of the month. And now I'm, I'm touching my arm. It's a little hot, but the, the shot was nothing. So everyone, get your shots, damn it. But you know, we've already seen, when you think about the end of spring training, you had the, the kind of weird Matt Barnes situation in Boston where he, kind of tested positive and now they're saying it might have been a false or it might have been uh, I, well, I can't remember the term an asymptomatic positive but it doesn't matter because he missed time um and the astros had a late little scare where where miles straw and garrett Stubbs and uh, abraham toro odd kind of re-enter protocols that's part of a contact tracing thing and it doesn't matter whether they got it or not it does not matter immensely obviously but in the sense of baseball they, they still miss time and if this was you know three weeks later they all would have missed games and, you know, like I said before, like this isn't over and, and, you know, cases are up almost 25% in, in some places. Chicago cases are up 60% since the beginning of the month. Yeah. New York too. Um, and both of them and have yeah. two teams. And so, you know, we are, you know, they've been warning about a third wave. That third wave might already be here. So again, get your shots. But like, I think we're going to see beyond just the injuries and, and even with all the protocols, Teams are still, you know, they're, they're, especially now that they're traveling more, like teams are still in close quarters. Um, and there's there's a danger there and they're all kind of exposed to each other. And, you know, the worry is like one reliever gets it. He hung out in the bullpen for two. Like those guys all get their contact traces. Like there's going to be, I don't know if there's going to be a Marlin situation, but there's going to be situations that pop up that really affect um, your ability to, field a team for a few days here and yeah. there and that actually folds back into the injury thing too yeah for sure because i think if you have a pitcher and they've been on some kind of schedule and they sit in a hotel for seven days i mean okay good luck good luck figuring out the correct amount of pitches they should throw the next time they're out Mm-hmm. and um so what was another issue for you ben uh the last thing that i'm going to be curious about in a totally team agnostic way is what the new ball that baseball is introducing is going to be. Mm. And I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny. I talked to, a, I talked to, I, I, I wrote about the ball today and I, I talked to a friend inside the game and it's interesting where they don't know either. And they feel um, one person, you know, that told them that they kind of compared to the 2017 ball, which wasn't dead at all, you know? Right. And, but there's, there's this kind of, you know, two two forces pushing against each other in the sense that the story is the ball. Uh, you need to, the ball is different in the sense that you need to actually you need to impact the ball more to create the same kind of exit velocities you've seen in the past, right? So you have to hit the ball harder to get the same kind of exit velocity. So that's that means the ball has been deadened a bit, right? Right. But the ball is also a little bit 
lighter, so it should carry more. And and that feels to me that, look, there's plenty of people with the word doctor in front of their name that are physicists that have written smart things about this and they feel like it might be carrying more. It feels like a zero-sum game to me, but obviously one's going to be more than the other. Um, I think the most interesting thing this person in a front office told me was that they don't know and they feel like the messages from Major League Baseball have been really confusing in the sense that the people from Major League Baseball sound confused as well when you ask them questions about the ball. And and so I'm with you in the sense that like I'm going to keep an eye on it, but I don't know how this is going to go. Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure they do either. And also of note, uh, Rob Arthur wrote a pretty good article about this recently, and it, mm-hmm. he tried to pull some data on it because they have they have a uh, Hawkeye in what like ten spring training stadiums now, but they just use a mix of old and new balls in spring. Well, training. I was going to right, right. Now he he mentioned that the person I talked to that they only started mixing in the balls in the last couple of weeks, so they just don't really know. And yeah, and this is almost related. Like the ball, it's it's good that Major League Baseball wants to have standards for baseball and and, and wants to have the, or, or rather the more standardized like we i remember you know coming from working in baseball like we would look at data from games and a guy would hit a ball and, you, and it, it would just like it makes no sense why that ball came off the bat that hot and it just and just and, and, and so often they'd go yeah it just feels like you know why that combination of exit velocity and launch angle that ball we at times would go 15, 20 feet further or not as far than what you would expect, you know, from the formula. You know what I mean? And, and you just go, well, what happened? And you go, ah, it's the ball. It was a weird ball. <laughs> and so it's, it's good that they're kind of standardizing the ball more. Um, they need to fix the, the grip on those balls. I hear those balls are a little bit slicky. And with the, you know, the, them kind of cracking down a little bit on use of the sticky stuff, they, they do need to address that. And, 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 but in one way or another, that's another issue, but this ball could be, it could be weird. And like, I just go, I don't know. Are we in, are we in line for, I'm going to date myself like another 1987, or is it going to really have an effect and, and, and suppress home runs? I think the jury's still out, but right now it looks like it's, the ball might be a little hot. Based yeah. on what smarter people than you and I, in terms of the physics world, are saying. And additionally, like the the arc of baseball is towards more homers. Yeah, and I don't know. I it's I don't know. I, I someone bitched at me about at Twitter at Twitter about like how they're just frustrated with with you know the lack of action in the game. And I just I get it. I don't think you're wrong. I just don't know what you can do about it. like unless you want to dramatically change the game and move fences back like twenty feet or move you know, the mound back 10 feet, which would result in 8 million more walks. Like there's no real, like this is just happening. Like players are bigger and stronger than ever. And I don't know, I don't know what you can really do to address that. Yeah, it's tough. Like I think a lot of the changes that if you wanted to keep, like get more balls in play would require things looking a lot different than they are now. Like if the field wasn't just a 90 degree arc, all of a sudden you'd have a lot more balls in play become hits. But all right, like everyone has a five hundred million dollars stadium. Yeah, and I it's just like I don't know how you make guys throw less hard, and and you know this velocity, it's it's harder to command, and so you get more walks. It's harder to hit, and so you get more strikeouts. You also have the factor that everyone in the lineup can hit a ball out, and at least, almost everyone in the lineup can at least hit a mistake over the fence, and so pitchers have to be more careful in the zone, and so you have more balls out of the zone, so it's more walks, more strikeouts, and then uh, I mean it's. 
this this I do know about physics, like big velo when it gets hit goes further. You know, that's that's basic yeah. stuff. And so it leads to more home runs. So all everything is trending towards that. Like you're going to get all three of these things more. And and I understand if you, you know, look, I grew up in the eighties. Baseball in the eighties was amazing. Like it was fantastic. You had power and speed, and it was the most exciting thing in the world. And it is a it is a a, a more plotting game now i admit that but i don't know i don't know how you change it without having some severe unexpected consequences that would dramatically just change the very basis of the game and i just think the game needs to change organically more than anything else yeah i i agree completely i don't know what they're supposed to do to fix it but it it definitely feels like humans are big and humans throw hard and that's the right that's the way that things are going to go long term yeah i don't i'm not sure how you can reverse this if you're even if you're a little upset about it. and i get it if you are it's not it's not as exciting a game. I still love it, but 80s baseball's cool as hell. Um, so those are the big issues. We'll take a break. You'll listen to Vitamin. We'll talk about Vitamin in a little bit. And uh, we'll come back and we'll do the American League East. So stick around. Back to our special 2021 season preview of Chin Music. Here with Ben Clements. You just listened to a song from Vitamin. We'll talk about that. I think very exciting re-release of a important early kind of proto-punk no-wave band from Boston. Ben, we're going to start with the American League East, which is just, I don't know. It just seems like, why is that always the order? Why does it go East, Central, West? I guess it's geographics. It's not alphabetical. East Coast bias, man. Let's talk about this important issue of why we, we all order the divisions East, Central, West. It's interesting because you read left to right. Right. This makes no sense to me. So um, do we agree the Yankees are the favorite in the American League East? Yeah. Look, you could have opinions all over the place about the AL East, but I don't think it's reasonable to not think the Yankees are the favorites. Okay. We agreed there. Here's my question for you. I think the Yankees are the favorite. I think you'd be a fool not to have the Yankees as the favorite. I think the Yankees also have some of the most variability. Um, and part of that is because of something we've talked about earlier, which is the injuries. Um, you know, obviously they're starting the year without a couple lefties out of the pen, but you know, we've all seen the numbers on how rarely judge and Stanton are in the lineup together. And they're also like leaning on, uh, two starters after what should, you know, expect to be a very durable and with good reason Garrett Cole, but there are two starters after that. And, and Kluber and Tyon are guys who I don't know what you can expect from them realistically in terms of workload. They're good, yeah. but like, how often are they going to be able to be good? Yeah, that's that's the big worry with them is just the the way that they adjust to injury. I I do think that they have 
more so than a lot of the other teams that have these fragile tops of rotations, enough options behind and enough interesting young arms like David Garcia. Yeah, he's not theoretically one of their top five starters, but he's going to make a lot of starts. For he's going to make a lot of starts, and I'm pretty confident that he'll be fine. He's good. Yeah, and he'll be good. And, I, you know, they can uh, move a guy like um, Jonathan Loizaga to the, to, the, to the rotation. They can move guys up as they need to. Yeah, I also but they're leading on a lot. They are they are going to need a lot of starts from these kind of six through ten guys, and I do think that our win projection for them relies a little more on health than you'd like to see. Mm-hmm. But I think they have enough room, like kind of leg room, that if they drop a win or two, they drop you know three or four wins. They they still project as a favorite to me. So right, and they do have depth, and like you know if if, if you know things happen in the outfield, they inevitably will. You know, guys like Gardner and, and Talkman and, and even Jay Bruce a little bit can help fill in those things at a more acceptable level than just calling up a guy and, and crossing your fingers. Yeah, like Pakoda, which does more with hurting guys and seeing how it looks after injuries and looking at injury pasts, has them with more wins than we do. So hmm. <laughs> I guess they like the existing players a little bit more than we do. But So, I mean, this is... This is in- very much, you know, as far as the lineup goes, this is the same Yankee lineup. There's not some sort of new force in the Yankee lineup. You know, they brought DJ LeMahieu back. He's fantastic. Um, you know, the power revolves around Judge and Hicks. They're looking for, uh, you know, a bounce back season, hopefully, from from Gary Sanchez. Um, you know, Luke Voigt's going to start the year on the DL because of the meniscus surgery. Uh, this is still a real powerful lineup. But, I mean, do you have concerns about... You know, Gary Sanchez's ability to bounce back. Um, you know, I think Glaber Torres playing out of position maybe affect him at the plate a little bit. Like, just little things like that. Yeah, I do have concerns about uh, whether Glaber's long-term development is getting hurt by the fact that he's just having a place that he can't quite handle. Mm-hmm. You know, no fault of his own. He, he's a second baseman. Or, like, yeah. He should be a second baseman. They, and he'd be a really good one, too, defensively. I think he'd be plus second baseman. Yeah, I, I think I understand that it's just the way that their roster is constructed. They, this is what they have to do. But that's kind of the one thing that feels like it doesn't quite fit in this Yankees uh, lineup. And I am a little bit surprised. I guess maybe there are just no shortstops on the market that they didn't try to slide LeMahieu to first, slide Glaber to second, and get a shortstop. I suppose it also matters how long Voight's out. Yeah, and I think it looks like that'll be you know sometime in May. But I, I, what you just talked about, I think is a year away. Basically, it's that, I think it's simple. Like they, they're going to some one of those big name shortstops is going to get four hundred million from them. You know, and it, it's going to be you know Lindor or Seager or Correa. One of those dudes is going to get a truckload of money to become the Yankee shortstop next year. So this is just a it's, it's one more year of this, I guess. Yeah, I think if if Someone in this trifecta of Voight, uh, LeMahieu, and Glaber goes down for you know extended period of time. Then maybe you're talking about trying to get Story this year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, otherwise they'll probably just go to free agency and get somebody. Yeah, and there's obviously going to be a ton of shortstops, and and I, I think Lindor. I, I don't know. I I haven't looked at the news for two weeks for two hours. So I was getting my shot. He hasn't signed yet, right? I hope not. Okay, because I, I don't like. I'm gonna to have to write about that if he does. So, <laughs> I, I, we'll get we'll get to that when we get to the National League East. We that that's a that's a that's its own mess. Um, 
I guess it's fun to think about, and I think this is where, I don't know anyone who's not picking the Yankees to win this division. Um, really good team, has depth. I think it's interesting to see who people have finishing second in the American League East, because frankly, that's all over the board. Yeah. So who you got? I've got the Jays, but I don't oh. feel confident about it. Okay, I would. I agree with both of those statements. Um, again, and obviously the Jays. Springer's gonna. That, that's official. He's starting the year on the deal because the oblique obliques can be nightmares. Those can take way longer than you want them to. Um, and obviously they're one. I think their biggest question is still the bullpen, and and obviously they had the big. You know, at least they thought they fixed the ninth inning with with Yates, and now he's blow. He blew out, and he's out for the year. Um, but I think that's going. Their year is going to be defined by their bullpen. Yeah, and like kind of what they can get out of the various young arms who can come up and help them out in the bullpen, but may need to help them out as starters. I guess Julian Merriweather's not that young. He's not, yeah, but it's weird just in the sense that like we talk about the Jays as maybe a second-place team. It's all revolves around the offense. You know, obviously they have an ace, but after that it's you know Stripling and Steven Matz and Tanner Rourke and Anthony Kay. That's not a foursome that inspires a great deal of confidence and then their bullpen is just like question mark city and and again high variable things could really go south here if these guys don't pitch yeah i feel uh i feel okay about robbie ray i mean i do feel a little bit worried that he's missing his first start yeah true i like robbie ray a lot and always have and 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 he's got really good stuff and 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 um like the metrics love him with more command he'd be an ace um and i actually think you can throw out 2020 for him too because he he tried to kind of do the the driveline short arm thing Mm -hmm. and it just didn't work yeah it happens and then when he went to their jays they were like "Eh, get rid of that let's not use that anymore he picked his old uh motion back up and the command came back to i mean (laughs) the command came back to old robbie ray levels which is not 40 overwhelming yeah Yeah. below average but not not, not but he was like what a 30 command in the in his arizona uh, stint last year it was not good yeah had a, on a good day um well, let's talk about i mean this is one of the more exciting young lineups in baseball um is this the year vlad jr finally becomes the superstar the hype has said I, I, he's been good but he hasn't been amazing performance wise he's been good and and it's and he's very young and obviously we all know the potential is there but you know if you want to be brutal about it he's just been good in terms of what he's actually done at the end of the day yeah he just does i mean everyone knows this already he just doesn't hit the ball in the air enough hits the the crap out of the ball like you can obviously see why he's such a touted prospect and 120 mile an hour grounders are still grounders (laughs) i saw him as an as an amateur and i'll be honest with you i i i missed i was wrong um i thought it was i mean i was right about the fact that I thought he was first base at the end of the day and I didn't think he was going to hit enough and I was just dead wrong. Another another great international miss. Um international miss number 2 for me is is Guriel. Um you know obviously the Astros signed Yuli and when um like we had a private workout with Yuli and, and when Yuli private worked out for us uh Lourdes was there. And um nobody that none of our including me no one liked the swing. Nobody. And no one like Yuli swing either, and I just think it's a Guriel family trait. Like they have weird swings, but they work for them. Yeah, I was that, going to say you were right to not like the swing; it just works. Right, 
and that, that that's been my lesson on on the it's also my lesson on a lot of cubans like they they do a lot of them have that if you'll notice a lot of cubans when they're at the plate and you're watching tv um they're really they're really coiled they're really cranked and you can often yuli's an extreme example um another great example he doesn't play anymore but if you remember him the shortstop for the white Sox, alexi ramirez um these guys are super coiled, and when you're watching the game, you'll you, you notice it because you can read their entire last name. That's how like twisted <laughs> up they are, how loaded they are, and it just doesn't seem right. And all those guys come out of it so fast. It's it's a bit of a Cuban swing. Even a, even a big dude like Abreu does it a bit. Um, I just think it's how they teach him to hit over there, and uh, it just works for him. And and I, I wish he you know, he's got flaws in his game. You know, there's there's an approach issue there, but the power is certainly very real. I think he's best suited to the outfield which is and you don't need to mess with them in the infield anymore but like those guys are fun Kevin Biggio's fun Bo Bichette's fun I've always loved T Oscar um he's like the greatest dude in the world and I've been so I've just thrilled with the success it's um it's definitely a power over on base team though you know what I mean yeah like I'm trying to think of who the on base guy is and like Biggio Biggio's Biggio. The on, yeah Biggio's the on base guy yeah, and Simeon's fine, but like it's it's you know, Bobichet's a bit of a free swinger, Tioscar's a free swinger, um, like Lourdes is a free swinger. Rowdy. Rowdy's a rowdy. Yeah, you know, when Grychuk plays, he'll be a free swinger. Um that's the only question is is are these guys gonna get on base enough? But they're gonna hit and they're gonna hit home runs. Yeah, I I don't think any projection of them should be worried about the offense, but I'm totally with you in that it does. You do wonder whether the pitching will hold up, and whether the defense will hold up. Mm-hmm. Um, are the Rays an easy pick for you as a top three team, or should people be concerned that they might not even be that? So I would say people should be concerned that they might not even be that, but only because I I may be underrating the value of their depth. Hmm. They, if the season really does become a complete injury slog and everyone is just hurt all over the place, they do have an advantage there. And they go a lot deeper in terms of playable guys than anyone else we've talked about, I think. So, I yeah. constantly underrate this team. Like every year, I say, I don't think this team's that good. I'm going to say it again. I don't think this team's that good. Um, and they lost a lot. They lost a lot in Snell. Um, you know, they're counting on Ryan Yarbrough, Chris Archer, Rich Hill, and Michael Waka, um, which is tough to do. I don't know. I, I you know, I, I think there are some holes in the lineup as well. I, I There's players I like, but like are, are Joey Wendell and Mike Zanino and Kevin Kiermaier, everyday guys. Um, but they always, they always exceed my expectations. And maybe it's just because I'm annoyed with the way they do things. Um, I don't. I don't like how they how they do things. I, I I think they're overly cheap and they don't have to be. And and I don't like the fact that they get praised for being overly cheap. Yeah, it is interesting that you know, given their constraints, I think if you take those as a given, they're really good at it. Yeah, yeah it's really they're, cool. they're amazing at. It. Yeah, they're they're really good at it. I just think those constraints are kind of gross. Yeah, I think people are a little too willing to accept the given that like, yeah, this team has to spend no money. Well, right. Well, do they? Yeah, but they they are really great at you know one red paper clipping it or whatever you want to call it, like just continuing <laughs> to swap things up and. Uh huh. Um. So I mean, we talked. About, I mean, obviously they 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 lost Blake Snell. That's a, that's they lost their ace, and and you know Tyler Glass now has phenomenal stuff. 
Like Tom Tyler Glassman is the kind of guy who shows up on Twitter every time he starts and like, holy shit, look at this bat, this fastball. Holy shit, look at this breaking ball. And with good reason. He also has a little bit of, to go back to a player we talked about with the Blue Jays, he's a little bit of Vladimir Guerrero in him. In the fact that, yes, he, he does some amazing stuff, but at the end of the day, his performances are good. They're not amazing. Um, yeah. And I don't know I don't know if he has the consistency in his command to ever be amazing. Yeah, it's... Like, it's, he's, got a chan- he's got a chance to, to, you know, shut you down for seven innings. He also has a chance to kind of, you know, finish with one of those Glasnow-esque, like, five-inning, four-hit, four-run, four-walk, four-K outings, where it just... Like he has like a three or four at bat sequence where it's just not there. Yeah, it also seems to me like he's never gonna be able to shake the the fact that people can hit him pretty hard when they do make contact. Yeah. That the fastball is just not the kind of fastball that's gonna induce like weak contact. He's throwing it way down. Like the plane doesn't seem to get a lot of like just bad batted ball action, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's also just missing a lot of bats, and that's really fun. Yeah, he strikes out a ton of guys, and it's really good. But like the the, the walks too high, does give up a lot of hard contact. Like I don't, I yeah. think he's good, but like I think it's some of the best stuff in baseball, but it doesn't always add up into the best pitcher in baseball. Yeah, I I would agree with that overall. I mean, it just it doesn't feel like that's a great first starter. Where are you on the Randy Rosarena train? Is Randy, what's more likely here? You can only pick one of these, okay? All right. 290 with 35, 270 with 15. Ooh. Ooh, that's a, that's a good one. I think I'll say more likely is 270 with 15. I'm going to take the 290 with 35. I'm on board. Sign me up. So we had a, the thirty-five um, is uh, is that that, that that's what caused the pause. Yeah, I, I'm a big, big Randy fan. I think I I may have now undershot, but I was overshooting <laughs> my estimation of him as a Cardinals prospect, and when we traded him to the Rays, I mean, he's transformed he since then. He's well, he added all this power, but I do wonder about like getting to thirty-five bombs, getting enough playing time, and. Mm. It's the Rays. Like I'm always a little under on the on the counting stats. <laughs> it's fun. So we're. Uh, I think this comes out tomorrow for opening day. I, I would assume that's the case. I haven't asked, but like so, um, we all put in our staff predictions. Um, we put our staff predictions into a shared Google Doc. Um, I went and did mine, and for AL Rookie of the Year, I just I didn't even think. I just typed Rose Reina, and then I looked I'm like, why aren't people picking this guy? Like, why is this guy? Do people not realize he's still a rookie? I can't imagine picking anybody else. So I did a bold claim article and picked Andrew Vaughn as a like super, super dark horse rookie of the year candidate. Uh-huh. So I thought I might as well follow through. This was before Eloy got hurt. Yeah. So I figured that's, he's gotten hurt since. I might as well put him on there. But, but do you really think that or are you just kind of like saying, I want to put my I want to put my stamp on this guy? I think the odds are higher than they're priced. But <laughs> Rosarin is the right. yeah, yeah. massive favorite. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, they're learn- obviously, you know, back to injuries. Choi's out for a little bit with knee surgery. They're going to, you know, maybe um, Susugo, who do seem to make some adjustments in the second half. Of, I mean, of, Nick Anderson like, being out is a very short year. Kilton. They have five relievers on the disabled list right now, um, and all with various words in front of elbow. Um, 
And so I, I, my question is my over under on how many times we're going to see that stupid clock back graphic with all the different arm angles out of their bullpen. Well, if Oliver Drake doesn't come back, that's going to really, uh, that's going to hurt. That hurts one end of it. Doesn't it? Yeah. That's like the best part of the clock. <laughs> um, we'll see what goes from there. Um, rooting for Colin McHugh, such a cool dude. Um, Hopefully he can come back from things, but like I, this team is not the team we saw in the World Series last year, and I, I, I don't know it just feels like a 500 team to me. Yeah, that's uh, that was one of my less bold claims. The Rays will miss the playoffs. I, I feel pretty okay about that. I yeah, I would agree with you. I don't, I don't have them in the playoffs. They proved me wrong, you know, quite frequently, but it just doesn't doesn't look like it this year. Last year I was, last year I kind of believed in them before the year even, and this year they just look. I don't know. It it just looks like the same team, but worse. Mm-hmm. And they kind of played above their heads last year. They were good, but they played even better than that. Um, I don't think the Red Sox are as bad as they were last year. Um, I think they have a they have the ability to kind of compete with the Rays for the middle of the division. Um, they obviously are still. This, you know, if you look at what they did in the offseason, they're they're hardly in go for it mode. Yeah. Um, but I think overall, like I, I think it's a kind of a sneaky deep rotation. Like, and, and obviously they need health, but um, I've always been a big Nick Pavetta fan. I think this guy's got. I mean, I hate to call him glass no ass, but this is. I mean, Nick Pavetta has number two or better raw stuff. Um, it, as you can see, if you look at his stats, it rarely comes together, but like the raw stuff is there to be not just a starter, but a, a star level starter. It really is. Um, and maybe the Red Sox are the change of, a uh, change of pace. He needs to, to kind of get that out. I've always liked Martin Perez. I think he's a perfectly fine back end starter. Um, Garrett Richards is a risky guy, but there's upside there. Uh, Eovaldi is a risky guy just for the health, but we all know, you know, he's got pretty good stuff as well. Um, there's real bats here. You know, I think JD Martinez had a weird fluky year and should be at least fine. Yeah. Um, you know, Bogart's endeavors are good. Um, Alex Verdugo's coming on. Um, Kike Hernandez is a, is a low key, great sign. And he does, that's a guy that has value beyond what he provides in the stat line. Um, I think Hunter Renfro is a sneaky good brother. sign too. You like Hunter? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's real power. It just comes at so much of a cost. The cost is significant, but I think that like his his batted ball style seems like it might fit well with playing in Fenway. Mm. It doesn't feel like he really like when the Rays traded for him. You just knew like this is not going to work. Like he's going to get jerked around. He's only going to get like playing time against lefties, and kind of seems like he's done well when he plays every day. And I, I wasn't that surprised that you know they. I think I wrote I wrote the trade piece on that one when he got traded for fam and i was like well they're just gonna cut red next year <laughs> that's what they do it was yeah it was just like the writing was on the wall already but i mean i think this could be a 500 team i think the real question mark um the real we can you name five relievers on the red sox after matt barnes uh well, they have I, ottavino uh-huh nine eight I, I shouldn't have, i should have counted him out too now i need to name five more <sighs> uh-huh yeah no believe i'm not i'm not making fun of you if you would oh. ask me I, I would have the same struggle they have uh darwin's and hernandez yep uh, uh is matt yeah. andres in the red sox he is that's two i'm gonna pass after that 
Yeah, I mean, so they have Sawa Mura over. They have Josh Taylor, Austin Bryce, Phillips Valdez, Garrett Whitlock, the Rule Five pick. Like this is this is the this is the risky part. Um, is what happens in the innings once the starter leaves. Um, that's the reason why they might go, not go five hundred. But I think overall this is a five hundred team, kind of headed in the right direction. I wish there was some sort of like huge prospects coming you get excited about, but I'm not sure that's there yet. I think it's going to take a while, and I think they might be stuck in this middle of the pack for a little bit. But kind of matters how Erod does, how he, how quickly he comes back. Arm fatigue is scary. Yeah, dead arms are not good. Um, I guess the only good news is they didn't find structural damage, but those are always often not always, but often precursor to worse things. Um, and then obviously you have the Baltimore Orioles, who I, I think you. I don't know how you can pick this team for anything but fifth place in the American League East. Um, I I think they're doing what they've designed themselves to do when, when Mike Elias took over as general manager. Um, I think for them to do what they want to do after Mike Elias took over general manager, it's just going to take patience. And I think it's going to take time. I do think things are moving in the right direction in terms of their both their system uh, as the definition of their collection of minor league talent as well as their system as how they they scout, acquire, and develop talent. I think both those things are, are in the, moving in the right direction. It's just like they're not, not only are they not ready to compete yet, they're not near ready. Were you surprised that they let Hanser Alberto go? Um, not necessarily. Like obviously a guy makes a lot of contact, swings at everything. Um, I think they, they, they want to. You know, it, it is, I mean, Mike does come from the Astros model of ruthless efficiency. Right. Um, and it's just, like, do you need to spend money to win 64 games instead of 61? Yeah, I guess he's not as, he's not as cheap as Michael Franco. And right, exactly. If you assume he can't develop. Yeah, I think Alberto is what he is. I don't think that's a guy with any sort of. Yeah, he's not going to suddenly have much power. Forward. No, he's not gonna. I don't. I think. Yeah, I, I think we know what Hanser Alberto is. I don't think there's some sort of big change in there, or some sort of development opportunity, or, or unlocks, or anything like that. Yeah. So at that point, I guess it makes sense. I I really enjoyed watching him. It's like you're talking about. That's not. He's fun to watch. Yeah, it's, it's a, not it's speed a and power, but it is a lot of balls in play. Yeah, it's a it's a different vibe. Um, uh, you know, John Means is a pretty decent, okay arm, I guess. But then you got like you know Matt Harvey, who could barely make a team and. Wow, we're listing years. Matt Harvey as their second starter. Yeah, like Jorge Lopez, who couldn't stick in the Royals rotation. Um, you know, Bruce Zimmerman, Dean Kramer. Like, this is a bad, bad pitching staff. Um, and, I mean, look, Cesar Valdez. Uh, who, not to get personal, I think Cesar Valdez owes me a dinner or something, Ben. <laughs> so... Like, whatever. God, six years ago now? Like, we just need an arm. We need a couple arms. And and and, and quick. And it's like, you know, Cesar Valdez just shoved in the Dominican Winter League. He hasn't been here for two years. He throws like 87, but he's, shoved for, he's just shoved in the Dominican Winter League. And we signed him. Um, and he's kind of gotten chances since then. I love the dude, but, like, uh, he's crafty as hell. There's a lot of strikes. Never know what's going to come out of his hand. But, like, late inning Cesar Valdez scares the shit out of me. Yeah, he's not... It's probably a little miscast as a closer. Mm-hmm. And Tanner Scott's kind of the, like the constant power lefty who frustrates you because he can miss bats, but also miss the plate way too much. Um, 
And then, I mean, they're acquiring Adam Plutko because you know yeah. to give them bulk relief. This this is a, this is going to be a bad pitching staff. I do think that Means is better than both our projections and what he's shown really in his. Eh, he's better. Why than, do you think that? Why do you think that? Well, he's throwing harder now, mm-hmm. and I think he was already pretty effective as is. And but you think of him as kind of a crafty lefty, right? Like, in my head, he's a crafty lefty. But now he's right. throwing harder than average for a lefty. There's a little bit of power to the game all of a sudden. Yeah, and I, I think that's that's kind of... It's easy to pigeonhole someone as what they were when they come up. And I think he's just changed enough that you're... Like, my brain, at least. If I don't stop and think about it and say, Hey, John Means throws hard now. I just think, oh, yeah, he's like, you know, lefty Kyle Hendricks or something. Except right. worse. Um, it, when you look at their projected lineup, is there... Is there anyone you kind of stop and say, I look forward to watching him this year? Uh, Trey Mancini. For the story or the talent? The story. Yeah. It's, obviously, it's a tremendous story to come back from, from cancer. Uh, it just there's some, there's some real dead innings in this lineup. Like with uh, you, yeah, Austin Hayes, watch- I guess I'm interested in. He's still a little fun. Yeah, but when you're, you know, when you're watching the, you're <laughs> watching the Orioles game and like, you know, oh, they, yeah. retire, they retire the side and, and they, you know, they they get ready to cut the break and the scores on the screen, it says coming up and you see, you know, uh, Freddie Galvis, Ramon Arias, Cedric Mullins. It's time to go check the laundry, yeah. right? <laughs> so when Chris Davis is back, I'll, I'll be tempted to watch his at bats, but it's not going to be because. For you know, good reasons. No, it's like slowing down to watch a car wreck. Yeah. Yeah. So over, under, on 100 losses for the Orioles. I got to go over. Over, under, on 108 losses for the Orioles. <laughs> the thing that's that's getting to me is, like, if anybody is better than expected, they're just going to trade them. Mm-hmm. Like, if any of these guys, like, <laughs> pop, uh-huh. they'll, they'll just be gone. Right. I think I'm going to say under. Okay. Or sorry, over on the losses. You go over. Over on the losses. It's, that's tough though. 108. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's the one third mark. It's yeah, it's, it's the So okay. So uh that's the American League East. Not first alphabetical, but first the way everyone lists the standings. Someone someone if you know why that is the way the structure everyone goes, East Central West, please write us to music at fancrafts.com. We'll read your email if you can explain that one to us. Take a break. You listen to some more vitamin. We'll come right back with the American League second. podcast special 2021 season preview you're listening to a great song by vitamin who we'll talk about in the final segment 
We're moving on from the American League East to the American League Central. It's very easy, Ben. Who you got? I'll take the Twins. You are wrong. You got the White Sox? <laughs> I do. You're not wrong, obviously. I, yeah, I mean, you know, honestly, if, if you asked me like to, to assign 100 points to those two teams and two teams only, I'd probably go 55-45 White Sox. Yeah, I can't even tell you if I picked the Twins in our actual previews because <laughs> I'm so close on them. Um, you know, I think the Twins are really good, and I think the White Sox are really good. I don't think either team's great. Um, but let's let's your Twins are your pick. Let's start with the Twins here. Um, it's it's a bit of a different look. Uh, they lost some players. The back of the rotations got some questions with with Happ and Shoemaker, though. I don't know. I think Shoemaker still could be sneaky good sometimes, as long as you. Just see him as a five and dive guy with with risks as far as how often he can take the bump every five days, but I, I think he's okay. Um, yeah, having Dobnak as the sixth guy, I think, makes everything a lot smoother. Where very much so. Like if Hat misses a turn, it's like okay. Uh, the lineup is is very much the same, and 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 but much improved defensively, uh, with with Jorge Polanco becoming a second baseman and Andrelton Simmons. Uh, becoming your new shortstop, uh, Luis Arez becomes your new kind of super utility guy. He's probably still going to get, you know, 400, 500 plate appearances. It's just going to happen all over the field. Um, this is obviously a really good lineup that can score a lot of runs and hit a truckload of home runs. Um, I, I think it's going to come down to to the pitching. I think the bullpen's a little... I, I'm a huge Alex Colomay fan, even though he doesn't miss a ton of bats. I think what he does is really interesting. I think being able to mix and match with him and Rogers at the end of games is, is something that they'll do and do smartly. I think Rocco Baudelli is very good at bullpen usage. Um, I kind of worry about some of the bridge innings, but I think most teams have worries about the bridge innings. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 it's one of those teams that I think is just solid. Like the, the, you don't, there's, you can't poke a lot of holes in it. Have you seen the, uh, the Hansel Robles entrance video from when he was on the angels? <laughs> I have not. Got all these wild horses going on. Like great music. I really hope they use it when he comes in. You know, in a in a six three game in the fifth. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, they 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 were busy and you know, they signed four free agent pitchers. But you know, and, and it's it's. I just think the White Sox are. I don't know. Maybe it's just because they're trendy. Um, I would have but, felt confident picking the White Sox before Eloy got hurt, and then when I kind of reexamined. Like, oh, do I really want to pick this team still? They just feel a lot closer than I thought. I, I think you might be right that I I was just doing a new is always better kind of thing with the White Sox more than I maybe should have. Mm-hmm. It's, um, yeah, I guess I get frustrated sometimes. Like, I keep every year kind of waiting for Max Kepler to become really good. And you think he could be, but you keep waiting for it. I keep waiting for Miguel Sano to become really good. I keep waiting for... Um, Byron Buxton to stay healthy and become really good offensively. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's some hole. Like, you know, Jake, you don't want you don't want Jake Cave playing every day. Um, but yeah. I guess if those guys step forward, I think they do. I think they could win the division. Um, like I said, I don't think it's a huge. There's, I don't think there's some sort of huge favorite. Yeah, I feel good about Snow. I, I think moving him to first full time was just like really smart. Oh, they had to, yeah. I mean, he was just third base was he had the arm and and he's just too big. It's just too big and slow. Yeah, I, I find it like I get the impulse 
for teams to try guys at the toughest defensive position they can possibly play. Mm-hmm. But it does seem like, to a greater extent than whatever model you're using would say, doing that can mess with their offense. It can. I've, I'm with you. I've always been surprised that you, that more teams don't you know look at a guy like this and go, yeah, just let him hit. Like yeah. I, I, you know, and I go back to the Blue Jays. I always thought like with Vlad, just just let him play first base or DH and let him hit. Just let him do that. It's 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 not going to work. Like he's not going to surprise you here. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, I, I get trying it in the lower minors too. Sure. Like, what they're doing with Torkelson. Yeah, Games like, don't matter. Yeah. Whatever. Like. And if he tells you, like, hey, this is making it harder for me to hit, like, okay, he knows he can play as a first baseman anyway. But I I do feel like doing this more in the majors. Like, Snow played, let's see, like 2,400 innings at third base? Right. I don't know. I don't I don't think you needed the last 1,400 of those to be like, nah. Nah, I was going to say it's about 2,380 too many. Yeah. Um, and I love, do you, I, Luis Arez is probably my favorite twin. Yeah, that's, he's, so, he's so weird. That's the one thing that... I mean, I, I think you're right that he'll probably still get 500 at-bats. That's the one thing that I I do wonder about in this uh, in this configuration. Because it seems like they want to get caved uh, like platoon at-bats against righties. Yeah, I would play Luis. I would too. Um, and, I don't know, like, is he... Like that much worse accounting for offense and defense than Polanco, mm-hmm. like at second. Is is our projected lineup over uh, at the roster resource section of Fangraphs? Is that what we think the lineup's going to be? Yeah. Like we think Polanco's going to be in the four hole. Oh, um, I don't know. That seems weird. That does seem weird. I, I didn't okay. really well, look at it that way. That doesn't make that much sense to me. Let's we'll assign that as weird. Um, so uh, let's talk about the White Sox. The White Sox are obviously had a, a rough week with the the Eloy injury. They're going to try to fill it in um, with Garcia, Angle, and a little bit of Andrew Vaughn. Um, this is as I mean the Padres are obviously way up. This is a really fun team to watch. Like this is like Tim Anderson's fun to watch. Joan Mercado's fun to watch. Luis Roberts fun to watch. Uh, Jose Abreu's fun to watch. Um, Giolito is fun to watch, and 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 this is this is one of those like you know when you you open up MLB TV on whatever the hell you're watching it on, you go ooh White Sox, yeah, and you want you know you want to see that. Um, they also just have a, a lot of guys I don't know moving in the right direction. Like I think Tim Anderson is good and could be better. I think Moncada could be better. I think Luis Robert could be better. Um, I think it's gonna be an interesting team. I'm worried about Luis Robert's like long term trajectory. Just because he swings so much. Yeah, I, 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 I'm with you. I think he's going to be around for a long time. I think it's more... I think offensively, it's kind of more Mike Cameron than Willie Mays, in a way. Yeah. The defense looks very real, though. Yeah, he's really good. Really good out there. Um, and then... And the other guy... I, I'll be honest with you. I know he's, he's a, a guy... If you, I, I'm not a big Nick Madrigal fan. Um, I, I just... I, as an everyday player, I think... I think I do think you have to hit balls hard at some point unless you have crazy elite contact skills. And maybe he does. Maybe he's like another Luis kind of guy. But I don't see him as a star. And he's sitting out of the nine hole, so maybe it doesn't matter. Um, if he turned into David Fletcher, would you be happy if you're the White Sox? I, I, I think if he turned into David Fletcher, they should be happy. Is that a better answer? Yeah. I think that I don't know if they'll be happy, but I think David Fletcher would be a good outcome for him. I agree. And um, 
it'll be interesting to see what happens. I don't know. I, I think Andrew Vaughn could be good. I think I think to expect immediate stardom's a little bit much. But there's so much. They're yes. one of those teams like, and and they started to graduate from this last year even. But even like two years ago, they're one of those teams where. They might not be good, but there are certain days where they can just kind of show up and out-athlete you. Yeah. Um, and they have that. I am absolutely all on board this kind of Lucas Giolito is one of the elite pitchers in baseball and, and has been unbelievable this spring. Um, I watched, uh, I think, two and a half of his starts, I guess as I'll put it. Um, and he was just phenomenal and maybe even better looking than last year in terms of just pure stuff and, and command especially. Um and then they just have, you know, from there, the back of the rotation has questions like most teams with Cease and Rodon. But, like, 2-3 and Keiko and Lynn, I know these guys aren't spectacular, but they've just got, like, you wake up and you go who's pitching and you at least feel good about it. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see what they're, like, whether Cease is going to change his pitch mix. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I they... like, he just, it seems wrong to me. He cuts his fastballs too much. And it just, like... It feels exactly like I'm watching Corbin Burns pitch a few years ago. <laughs> it's, it'll be interesting to watch. I mean, so the White Sox, you know, obviously Don Cooper's not there anymore. The White Sox have very much over the last, not decade, but over the last 24 months, really, um, very much have embraced, uh, whatever you want to call it, the modern pitching analytics, if you will. Yeah, um, I, I know Giolito especially has. Yeah, and Giolito has, but as, as I'm saying as an organization, they have. Yeah. Um, in terms of their coaching and their and their analytics department and their development and all that kind of stuff, like they have very much embraced the data and the analytics. So I, I think there are smart decisions to be made for Cease, and there's certainly potential there. Um, this is a good bullpen. Like we talked about teams with, with questions about their bullpen. And, you know, obviously signed Liam Hendricks, who is might be the best closer in baseball right now. Yeah. Um, Aaron Bummer is a guy not enough people talk about uh, as, as a nasty. Left-handed option. Um, Garrett Crochet, more than half of his fastballs this spring were over 100 miles an hour. Uh, Michael Kopech might be able to do something if he can stay healthy and bring another power up. This is a really good bullpen if you can get to the six with your starter, which they're going to do frequently because they have three guys who can do that consistently. Yeah, we have them as the third best bullpen in baseball in in the power rankings that went up like yesterday, I guess. Mm -hmm, And that mm -hmm. sounds light to me. (laughs) Yeah, it might be. yeah, it's definitely it's, it's an elite bullpen. It's one of the best in baseball, and, and we've talked about how many bullpen issues. I think, you know, much like we talked about, I don't see a lot of holes in this team, a lot of weaknesses. Um, I see a lot of upside. I, you know, I, I agree with their general projection numbers of the high 80s, but there's upside of, of high 90s wins with this team. Yeah, if you were going to ask me a team to unexpectedly win 100 games this year, I think that's Oh, yeah, great choice. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with you. Because they have the most, like, error bars on young players. So, uh, I have the White Sox first, the Twins second. I assume you have the White Sox second if you have the Twins first. Yeah. Who's your number three? So, I don't think this is a very popular pick. I got the Royals third. Interesting. I don't think that's an unreasonable pick. Yeah, I mean, obviously Cleveland's like the... The natural pick here, but I think that team's way down. I, I I don't mind this pick that much, but tell me why you got him there. I just think that a lot of the things we've been talking about, where teams are going to need to play more players than they think, teams are going to need more starters than they think, kind of line up their way. They made a lot of kind of sneaky pickups this offseason that 
like aren't going to catapult them up to the Twins White Sox level, but move them to be a lot better than they were last year and just have more depth and more backups. Um, yeah, obviously <clears throat> they they signed Mike Miner to the rotation. Um, they you're going to take a chance on a couple of pen arms like like Wade Davis. Um, they got your favorite Hanser Alberto. Um, Carlos Santana is going to be in the middle of that lineup and, and adds a certain dynamic. They're certainly get on base and, and catch yeah. a few fastballs and hit him over the fence. Yeah, they're hoping um, that Salvi is like, what, maybe 30% of what he was last year. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, really. Um, and obviously he just got the big extension. Um, I mean, there is kind of just a lineup depth issue. Like there's a, there's a dead inning there, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. It's not, yeah. it's not great that uh, Mondesi already has a strain of leak. <laughs> right. Right. And you know, right now you're, you're talking about, you know, some combination of probably Kyle Isbell, Michael Taylor, and Nicky Lopez at the bottom of the lineup. That's that's a that's a rough inning. I like Michael A. Um, and I went to a fall league game where I saw Nicky Lopez just pull and obliterate a fastball <laughs> for a home run, and I was like, I'm in. This guy is the next Jose Altuve. <laughs> he was not, but that one worked. swing was just gorgeous. Has it worked out? Yeah, he, he he had a Twitter highlight. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, look at Nicky Lopez. He's awesome. That's his home run. Um, I, I I think the Royals are getting better. I think they're go. I don't I don't know if I see a path to a Central League title yet. Oh yeah, I, I do not see a path to a Central League title. But but I'm, I'm talking about like in the next three years. Either, ah, you know. Yeah, I don't think without someone developing a lot more than I expect, or without like some outside help coming in, I don't really see. Yeah. That. I feel better about their future pitching than their future offense. Um, yes, I think that is definitely the case. They just have a lot of arms. Yeah, a lot. It'd be interesting to see. I don't know where are you on where are you on Benatendi at this point. I mean, I I think if he turns into a league average, like to slightly above average. Left fielder, I'm not even be remotely surprised. Uh, that that's kind of what he's been. I don't, I don't think he's 2018 Benintendi. Right. That 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 2018 season at this point feels like the outlier, right? Yeah. I feel indulge me a quick quick aside. I I lived it's, in New York at the po- time. Have, of you, that. have you have you heard the podcast? It's nothing but asides. Uh, so I went to that. Uh, I went to a game in that Yankees Red Sox uh, divisional series that year. Uh, one of my friends is a big Yankees fan, and like I don't know, I'll go to a playoff baseball game. Yeah, uh, sat out in the left field bleachers, and there was a heckler, maybe second or third row, that was just—he was one of the most creative hecklers I've ever heard. And a few different times, he told Ben Attendee that he had that haircut in the third grade. I thought that one was excellent. <laughs> he told him, "Your skills aren't going to be valued in arbitration." That was a. <laughs> That was on the money. I wish I wish we could interview this heckler on the podcast because it's he was the best I've ever heard. There, there, that place is something else. And he was just giving it to Benintendi. And like this year, it was like that was the year that Benintendi was at his best. And it's just been, I don't know. Like if he's average, I think that's a good outcome for the Royals in this trade. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not, I got to be honest with you. I, I, having limited looks this spring, it was enough to make me worried. So, do you think the defense will play? I I don't. Um, I paused. I was thinking about you know something that happened when I was working for a team, but like 
we looked at Benatendi once, and and the defense, like regress is not the word. It collapsed is the word, and um, it was very very difficult to. It was easy to see that that's what happened. That the defense had declined dramatically. Right. Right. It was incredibly difficult to answer the why question. Um, I think clearly there's been some health issues. Uh, if he's healthy, I would hope so. But like, I, it's it was a bit of a mystery. Like, as to the why he got that bad, he went from pretty good to really bad. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Yeah, and it's also like it's not one of these things where oh, you know, defensive metrics, small samples. Like, Mm-mm. I think you could watch like a few games. He looked. He looked, looked slower. Yeah, no, he wasn't one of those guys where, like, the numbers were saying one thing and scouts are going, no, he's, he's fine out there. Like, scouts were saying, it's really bad out there. <laughs> so, like, everything everything was lining up in terms of both, um, you know, defensive metrics, which are flawed things, and scouts who are flawed as well. But, you know, when everyone's saying he's bad, he's bad. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, that's going to be a mystery, and I don't, I don't think we have enough data. I certainly haven't seen him enough defensively to make any sort of judgment yet. Um, but... Rose and third be interesting. So I, you know, it's it's you know, Cleveland is at times grouped because of their um, self-imposed restraints with the Rays as a team that does uh, an incredibly great job considering their again self-imposed limitations. Right. Um, at the same time, like there's there's not a lot. They're going to have a whole lot of problems putting runs on the board. Yeah, I. I think when you're trying to decide whether you'd rather have uh, Jimenez or Rosario, like that was that was not a terrible problem for the Mets to have as like their number eight hitter, right? That's not what's going on here. They're they're yeah. picking both, and they're picking both like somewhat frequently, right? And it's just like Jose Ramirez is as a absolutely wonderful baseball player. He's phenomenal. Uh, Eddie Rosario is kind of good. I don't know who really scares you after that. And, you know, friend mill, I get can scare you and can change, you know, change the game with one swing and it's, it's huge raw. He's also, he's a power goof. I, that's, that's what he is. Um, but like the number of guys they have, like everyday players who on a good team are fourth outfielders and bench infielders, you know, the, the, the Ben Gamels of the world, the Jake Bowers of the world, Cesar Hernandez of the world. Um, you know, who knows if Andres Jimenez can figure something out. It, it's just it's just not enough. There's not enough things to scare you in this lineup. Not yeah. even close. I think this is an easy under 500 team just based on that. I think it's interesting that, like you said, they get a lot of credit for being one of these crafty small market teams. Yeah. But if you actually like strip it down and look at what they've done, what what's actually happened is that they've been really good at developing pitching. Mm-hmm. And they've had some stars. And they're just terrible at having below replacement level people on the field that happens frequently right like they they've been much better than you expect for the payroll but they've been much better than you expect for the payroll because they've had a bunch of star pitchers and lindor and ramirez have been amazing and their outfield has been i don't know like they're better than i am but (laughs) (laughs) that's not good i i top that at little league right um yeah obviously they have two really good starters in uh, Bieber and Plesak, and then um, crossing their fingers for any game that does not involve those two. Um, the bullpens, they, they find guys to pitch out of the pen well. I hope I hope Tristan McKenzie gets a chance to start again. Because um, I think he'd be interested in that role. 
James Karinchak's a Twitter darling. Stuff's insane. It's absolutely crazy. His stuff is incredible. It's also, you know, comparable to Tyler Glass now in the sense that it's well under, it's not even 40 command at times. And he, and he, and he creates his own trouble because of that. Um, and then behind that are, are, I don't know, it's not an especially inspiring group of arms. It's weird to see, like, you know, Brian Shaw and Oliver Perez still coming out of the pen for them at this point. I mean, Class A has similar, uh, you know, you don't always know what the command's going to be. But mm-hmm. if he's on, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. I like the uh, the actual cutter that goes 100 miles an hour instead of a fastball that doesn't move. <laughs> right. Um, but I think over, I think, I think the biggest story with the, the, the Indians is going to be a lack of runs on the board. It's, I, I don't know. It's like a 75-win team for me. Yeah, that's... That I feel more comfortable just projecting that they're they're just doing this weird halfway thing where they if they're they're not rebuilding because they they traded for kind of current major leaguers from the Mets and they're they're signing yeah. Rosario but they they just seem like they went into this like glide path down but they didn't like if they were trying to do that to stabilize at eighty five wins I get it but it it's just odd like. If they, the, whole th- the whole thing feels a little bit directionless. Yeah, if they really were intent on blowing it up, like they're just like we can't sustain this payroll, we're gonna just just torch the whole thing. Then do that. It just it like they have we're estimating their payroll at fifty five million dollars for this year. And if you're gonna have your payroll be fifty five million dollars, I'm not sure you should be spending eight million of it on Eddie Rosario and thinking you're gonna compete. It just it just feels weird. Yeah, yeah. Does he just take you from? 75 to 78 wins and yeah what does that get you but like at that point you should go up to 63 million and get some more wins like bring someone else in it yeah i just Um, don't get it yeah it's it's a it's a weird team i I think a team with a clear direction even though it sounds like we both think they're going to finish last place is the tigers um i think they i i think they're ready to be to take step two in the rebuilding. So like step one is just, we suck, right? <laughs> step two is we suck. But when you come to Detroit, you actually have to pay attention. Like we're going to challenge you a little bit. Right. And I think they're, they're going to reach that. And I think that is like 70 wins or so. And maybe I'm the high guy here. I, I, I think there's some things here that could break right for them. I think, you know, Willie Castro is kind of low key, a pretty good player. Um, I, 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 I don't know. Maybe I'm. Maybe we shouldn't look at spring training performances, but Akil Badu looks like he might be kind of okay. Um, there's a little bit of danger in the lineup. It'll, there's. It'll be interesting to see if if you know guys like Scooble and and Mize can can help what's always been a really troublesome rotation. But all of a sudden the rotation feels. I don't know. At least like every day there, it's not a it's not a shit heel. Someone who's at least like he's okay, right? You know, and I, I just. Yeah, the, the picture that I feel the most. Bullpen's a disaster, but I. I, I I think this team could win 70 games. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm giving A.J. Hinch too much credit because I think he's going to make a difference too. It is funny because I would say at the pitcher who I feel the most like, ooh, I'd like this guy's like, I feel like this guy is bad, but he keeps having okay results. Like Matthew Boyd kind of fits that for me because everyone thinks yeah. he's great and I always think he's terrible. Then his results come in, in the middle. But they also have Julio Tehran and Jose Arana. <laughs> They're like, to me, very similar guys where like, they're they're around forever, and maybe I associate them because they're in the NL East, and those teams hated each other for a while. Right, right. But it's weird to see suddenly you know, Matthew Fulmer suddenly just a middle reliever. Yeah, but yeah, I I'm kind of into that. I think promise. Nico Goodrum's. I mean, he might be really bad, but 
I still hold out hope that he could be something. Yeah. Um. Little yeah. little breakout prediction for you. Go Daniel for it. Na- Daniel Norris in a bullpen role is a good thing. Yeah. I think Daniel Norris could be a really good reliever. I cannot believe how young he is. He feels he, 20, about to turn 28. Okay, yeah. He feels a little older than that to me somehow. He's been around for a long time. You know, high high school pick. Um, I, I Yeah, I, 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 this team's moving in the right direction. I think they have a long way to go. I think they obviously are going to need a lot more offensive firepower. Um, Torkelson had a rough spring. I think he'll be fine. Um, but even that, like one player is not going to change the lineup. There's still, there's still some ugly stuff. Um, and a lot of guys who are just kind of um, placeholders. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Robbie Grossman, Nomar Mazzara, Wilson Ramos. These guys are not part of, of, a, of, of a good Tigers team. Yeah. They're just holding place until they figure out who is. I do find it funny that they brought in Mazzara to like to just reconfirm that it's not going to work. And then next it's just year. amazing. It's just um, it, it absolutely baffles me. Um, as, as I finish praising the Tigers for you know doing things well, that that like getting five plus million dollars as an international free agent and being one of the most hyped international guys forever has carried him to full time job after full time job. That and the size and the fact that he just looks great getting off the bus. What if he just have, gives a great interview? You know, they have just carried <laughs> just carried him to everyday job after everyday job that he absolutely clearly does not deserve i knew all these like like people in finance who just kept getting jobs because their interview's good and like yeah their, uh-huh. their pedigree's good and i, I can totally right. see that here like got the right got the well, right why did you degree. sign Omar mazzaro well like look at look at the past and it's like well the results in the past because he's available that's <laughs> yeah the, the past is the, yeah the past is bad yeah. man it's really bad i get it he's huge he's got big raw i can't hit it's sad that uh, the the twenty home run thing is just over. I guess if you combine twenty nineteen and twenty twenty, it got to exactly twenty. Yeah, looking up, I actually have the page. Up. We projected it sixteen this year. I, I will take the under. I will take the under as well. Uh, but don't take the under on us. How was that for a bad little transfer there? I like it. Uh, that's that's the American League Central. We'll come back. We'll talk about the American League West. Stick around. Big twenty twenty one season preview. Let's call Jumping Jack. Dance because it's free and you know, you're not even going to take advantage of it.
the segment heavy 2021 season preview. Kevin Goldstein here with Ben Clemens. It's time to move west, young man. Oh, that was that was, that was a much better segue than the out and <laughs> the outro in the last one. <laughs> exactly. Every once in a while, I'll nail one. Um, American League West is going to be fun this year, I think. Um, despite their losses, despite the fact that they're not the powerhouse that they used to be, the Ashes are still very good. Are they your favorite? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I if I if you're going to be able to tempt me to not pick them, it would have been Framber Valdez getting hurt and basically what's been happening. And I don't know. I I just don't buy in. They have enough to convince me. So do you think? Obviously, last year got weird, and you know everyone was talking about what's it going to be like at Astros Road Games, um, and they didn't have to face what they were going to have to face on Astros Road Games. Um, do you think it's going to play a role this year at all? It feels like it, you know, it's obviously not the it's on the forefront of everyone's mind like it was twelve months ago, but it's still there, certainly. Yeah. Um, I don't really know how to think about it, and like how to think about how that affects players. I, like, it seems like some of them kind of like Alex Bregman is the ultimate heel, and I think he loves that. Like, he definitely plays a character a little bit sometimes in interviews and stuff, and I think that's really cool. But, I don't know, like, can that affect, can that get in people's heads? I assume so. I I think it can. Um, I think it was in their heads a little bit last year when they went 29-31. Obviously, they had some huge injury issues, um, again, especially in the bullpen, and some huge underperformances offensively. Um, But I, I I think it got to them in some ways. Um but do you think it will carry over for year two? They've they've had a year to be thinking about it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it's much. I I, I first of all, I don't think it's going to be. It's it's not going to be like road games are not going to be a really good time for them. But I don't think it's going to be as bad as they would have been last year. Right. Um, you know, they kind of caught a break, a weird COVID break, if you will. Um, the pitching ain't what it used to be. But this team is still going to score runs yeah, the in the, is, runs in the truckloads. The pitching isn't. Uh pale shadow of like three years ago yeah but that was i mean let's face it those were awesome pitching staff it's not like this is a bad group you know zach granke is still pretty good lance mccullers is is good when he can go um you know i think expecting like 150 innings from years is smarter than um expecting 180 um, I think you know, like Javier and, and Urquidy are low key, pretty good arms. Um, fifth spot needs to figure something out as, as long as Valdez is out. You know, like Luis Garcia is going to be an okay back end guy. I'm not sure he's ready to be that now. Um, Brandon Belock is more of a four A guy for me. Um, but it's 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 still not a bad rotation per se. Bullpen has a great end of the game piece and Presley. Uh, I think Anoli could end up being an end-of-the-game piece, but there's still a long way to go in terms of consistency and command. Um, I think, you know, like Rayleigh, Smith, and Taylor are all guys who can generally get the job done. Abreu might be their best reliever by the end of the year and might be back in AAA. Who knows with that guy? Um, I think this is still a pretty good team. A lot of people are taking uh, Oakland to win this division. Um, And Oakland's, Oakland's one of those teams... You know that we all yeah. It fills that man. They're really, really good at what they do. Yeah. Um, and and I think this is a really good team again. And and I think if they get bounce backs from the corners, I think they'll be right there. I'm 
I'm a little skeptical on the okay. on A's this year. I, I'm not saying I'm I'm sold that it's not going to work out, but I'm a little bit worried on how Chapman's going to bounce back. You know, he got injured like really late last year, mm-hmm. and I think he like if that is bothering his swing at all, that that's kind of a problem. He's their offense is not. It's neither particularly top heavy nor particularly like it's not a super long lineup. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's you still have you know, El- not... Elvis Andrus and Stephen Piscotty at the bottom, and I don't know, maybe Piscotty can bounce back at it, but even you know when he's good, he's average. Right, like a really nice player to have, I think, like a useful piece and like great dude from by from everything I've heard. Uh, oh yeah, but like I don't know that. As an eight hitter, it's not it's not bad. It's just not you know, it doesn't feel like the Astros lineup by any means. It's a it's a you know we talked about we've talked a lot about depth. There's some depth to this rotation. All of a sudden, like there's some good guys here. Um, you know, Chris Bassett. They, none of these guys are. No one's going to pick them to win the Cy Young, but again, like waking up and this who's starting for you. I think you can feel pretty good almost all the way down with Bassett, Lazardo, Manaya, Montes, and Dalton Jeffries. Yeah. I don't... I'm not... Jeffries is not the one who worries me the most. Who worries you the most? One of Manaya or Montes. Because of health or because of something else? Because I think that sometimes... Like, because their health is tenuous enough that it might just kind of throw them out of whack, period. I always worry about the harder good guys just becoming like <laughs> just bad. And they both I mean, maybe that's not fair to Montes, but Manaya certainly is is kind yeah, of yeah. is kind of in that camp and Montes feels that way to me, even though he's just never thrown hundred innings in a year. Right. But and and we're, then, we're projecting for hundred fifty. Right. And and we do have some or rather they do have some some depth behind that. You know, a, a healthier Mike Fires is a is a Cromulent back end starter. Um, AJ Puck had some velo issues this spring that they'll hope he bounce back for. Cole Irvin looked really good at times, um, and it's kind of a nice backup plan. Um, so they have guys who can fill in. Yeah, I'm I'm into Jeffries. If they had like if I don't think it's right that we list him as their fifth starter, even though maybe they're saying that. I think he's the guy who I trust the third most. Okay, I think Bassett is uh, probably better than our projections are for him. So, so, I mean, so what do you see as the gap between, like, this? How in, in terms of size? Like, what's the gap between them and the Astros if you were to set, like, if you, you I mean, do you think the Oakland A's are going to finish second? Or do you have a surprise team? I, it's, I have it close between them and the Angels. Okay. So, like, if you had to set right now, like, how many games better the Astros are than the A's, like, what, what would you set that number at? Uh... Four. Okay. No, not, so not a big number. Not a big number. I don't think any of these teams are great. Um, um, yeah. I mean, I think the I think like 80, 88, 89 wins might take this division this year. Yes. I, I would agree with that. It's a down um, year. You mentioned the Angels um, as a team you might have finishing second. Um, for the love of God, why? <laughs> I, I, I say I, it's... I, it's it's very. It's a very different roster. There's a lot of new names there, especially in the, on, on the pitching side. Um, 
if they do fail enough? every year, it's it's yeah. hard to argue with that. Is it enough? So maybe I'm just thinking wishfully here, but maybe this is the year that Pujol starts getting crowded out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think the lineup is a little deeper than last year. Like, I mean, Fowler is, was much maligned in St. Louis, but he's competent. I don't think he's actually a replacement level player. Right. And they 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 added Quintana, who I like as a guy who's just going to get you innings. I I don't know what to think about his recent trajectory. Like, he's not what he once was. But I don't think he's as bad as he was in 2020 either. He just didn't it feels pitch. Like he, it feels like he could settle into decent number four type, right? Yeah. Like, Otani's health is always a question, but if it's good, it's great. Like, I like Alex Cobb. I think that adding Jose Iglesias gives them... Rafael Iglesias. Uh, both Iglesias. Both, yeah. I was, I was stuck in the pictures. Yeah, you're right. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I think that both those... Additions were like the price is right. They traded Noe Ramirez for Noe Ramirez and Rizal Iglesias. That's true. <laughs> I don't exactly know how that worked out, but you can't um, argue but, with the deal. Right. But I mean, so, so I mean, Alex Cobb, Jose Quintana, and then um, in the pen, uh, Rizal Iglesias, Steve Ciszek, Alex Claudio, Junior Garrett, Tony Watson, Aaron Slagers, all offseason acquisitions. This you is think a, Mike this Myers is real? This is an entirely new thing. I think Mike Myers is okay. He's fine. He's a, he belongs in a major league bullpen. Yeah, uh-huh. you know if that makes sense. But I mean, that's it's a big step forward for them. Yeah, but I mean, that's eight. That's eight pitchers acquired um, in the offseason who are on who seem to be uh, on the on the opening day roster. It's a completely revamped staff, and then um, you know Jose Jose Iglesias, uh, highly underrated player in my mind. I think he's uh, going to give them a lot of the production that Simmons was giving them. Yeah, I don't think it's a big loss at all for them at shortstop overall. I, I, um, I, I know I'm I'm in the minority on this, and I and I, I don't want to feel this way. I wish Shohei Otani could be really great at both, but I think trying to be great at both is bad for his career. I think that is definitely the median case. Like, there's some outcome where by trying to be great at both, he succeeds, but there's no chance you're not lowering the medium median outcome by doing this. Right. And so I, I, I think it'd be best if you focus on one thing or the other. Um, but I mean, they have, I, look, they have Mike Trout. We all know what Mike Trout is. He's the best player in baseball. We can I, argue this all you want, but he's, there's no, if he's the best player in baseball, uh, and Anthony Rendon's one of the best offensive players in baseball, uh, period. It's a hell of a middle of the lineup. And Justin Upton looks good this spring for whatever the hell's that worth. That's worth. Um, I just don't know what happens around that those two or maybe three. Let's just call it two and a half. It is hard to shake the like. Well, the Angels always screwed up, so they're going to screw it up, right? <laughs> um, I don't like. I don't know how much of that is just confirmation bias, and I'm overreading into. I mean, really, like eight data points. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't feel like it's eight data points. It feels like it's hundreds of data points, and they they make a lot of the same decisions, and it seems to keep not working. I, I don't know. Like, this is we've passed fool me once, and we're at fool me like I don't know, ten, twenty times. But it, I feel like this configuration around Trout could be right. Are you ready for a hot take? I'd love to hear it. Seattle Mariners will win more than eighty-one games this year. Well, that's a pretty hot take. 
I think this team is kind of low key good. Um, I think Dylan Moore is better than people think. I think Ty France is way better than people think. I and a real and a real bat. Could not agree with you more on that one. When I was like testing out various data models for like which minor league stats predict good careers in the majors, mm-hmm. everyone loved Ty France. Yeah, and like he obviously was insanely hot in 2019, but mm-hmm. it's not like that was a one year thing. Like no, he, he was doing it all the way up. Um, I think Ty France might is, is a real sleeper to be a very good player this year, and then. Much maligned, including by yours truly. Um, there's a lot of positive things coming out of Evan White this spring. And I'm not talking about the numbers. Um, like spring numbers, I could care less about when you look at underlying pieces, the underlying metrics, some of the stuff that we finally have access to in the spring, a lot of stack has, Like Evan White might be ready for a step forward um, to go along with, like, the, I mean, last year was incredible defense and a garbage bat. Um, Incredible defense and a decent bat, I think, is a very possible outcome. I think he'll have way more value to them this year than he had last year. I think it's also kind of a ceiling um, as being just like a pretty decent first baseman. But I think he's rated to become that. Uh, I, I I think this team's actually kind of just okay. Like I don't, I, it's 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 fine, and I and I think they could, I think they could take a, a I think it could be a bit of a surprise this year. Not 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 a playoff surprise, but a surprise. If you'll excuse a slight. Uh, Cardinals framing of a team that only I think has one former Cardinal on it. I I still think about Marco Gonzalez as who's better between him and Carlos Martinez because they're both relievers at the same time when they're breaking in. Right. And it if you ask 2013 me who would be better, I would have said Marco Gonzalez easily. And mm-hmm. because of the trajectory he's followed, it feels surprising, but it's not actually that surprising. No. Um and 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 they're rotation like there's not a lot of names that blow you away pitching wise um but in general they're guys who can keep you in the game and in general throw strikes do you buy Uh, the whole like kikuchi lost all his command because he was throwing harder thing um i guess it's hard to answer that when you're not close to it i think i can understand the logic of it whether that's the case or not i just don't know but the logic of it i can get yeah if that's um, the case, and you know he gets used to it with another season to see that he's throwing hard, that's that's a source of upside. Yeah, and I, I actually think Kikuchi does have upside, and and but to go back to your point, like it's interesting tangent time. Um, like some of these guys who you know generate again the Twitter highlight guys, like look at this slider; it's thirty three hundred RPM. It's um, it's eighty seven miles an hour. It's unbelievable. Like that's great, and some of these guys with unbelievable breaking their curveballs, like those, those the guys with elite break, often have trouble commanding it. Right, it's just it breaks too much, if you will. It's possible to break too much. It's possible to throw it too hard. Um, you need to kind of find that kind of magic line, if you will, between it remaining a power pitch, but also your, your ability to locate it at least a little bit. Um, and so I can understand that, but I. You know, I it's it's I think Akuji could take a step forward. Um, I, I, their bullpens never thrilled me. Um, it still doesn't. Yeah, but it's it's I think it's a pretty good team. I think it's better than people think. Are there any pitchers in their bullpen that you want pitching high leverage innings? Um, like I don't know. I take Rafael Montero in the seventh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, on a good team, you know what I mean? That's fair. 
you know. Um, I guess I no. just don't know a lot about a lot of these guys because they're yeah. It's 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 definitely a it's definitely a mishmash. I mean, they tend to and always have like even when they had bad bullpens the last few years, they tend to definitely lean on power, like guys who can throw hard. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean they're good, but they tend to lean that way. And obviously, you know, I think Kenyon Middleton's probably this year's version of that. Right. Um, but yeah, no, it's not a good bullpen. It, it, it's definitely the, the, the weak tire on the car, if you will. Right. Yeah. I think there's a lot of, like their lineup might, I was going to say it might be deeper than Oakland, but that's not true. The, uh, the seven, eight, nine is like JP Crawford. If he ends up as a league average hitter, I think that's a really good outcome at this point. And I think he could. Yeah, I think he's still very live too. He's mm-hmm. another person who's younger than I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that leads us to uh, the Rangers. Um, oh, the it Rangers! Sounds, it, it sounds like we would both have in last place. Yeah, and I think and, they they and, probably and would with, too, and with good reason. Um, I I. I don't know where this team's going. I, I, I think we both we 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 seems like we both agree with where they are, which is in a bad spot. But I don't know where this team's going. Like I don't sit here and get like you know I talk about the I think the Tigers are moving in the right direction. They're still bad, but they're moving in the right direction. Um, I think the Orioles are moving in the right direction, albeit very slowly. But I think it, at least it's the right direction. I don't I don't know where the Rangers. Are, I don't know where this team's going. This brings up our um, the roster resource lineup orders. I, I hope they're not betting Kiner Falefa first. That'd be that'd be odd. Like if he's going to be an impact player, it's going to be with his glove. Okay, so who are you leading off? I mean, maybe I'd lead off with Nick Solak, even though he's a little pop. I don't. Who hey. are you going to lead off with? Like, look at that. Look at this. I mean, here's your options. You ready? We're going <laughs> to okay. Jose Trevino's going to catch. Nate Lowe at first. Nick Solak at second. Brock Holt at third. Kiner Falefa at short. What about Brock Holt? An, out, an outfield of uh, Dahl, Tavares, and Gallo, and Ronald Guzman DHing. You're going to lead off Brock Holt? I mean, maybe. A guy who got DFA'd last year is your leadoff man? <laughs> when you put it that way, it doesn't sound good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have no idea. I don't, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's not not obvious to me nate low like it's not, mm-hmm. it's not your normal leadoff hitter it might not be the worst choice it's, it's it's such a weird team um i think maybe the most interesting story here is 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 does does joey gallo hit the trade market in july yeah i i, I imagine they're at least you know actively listening whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. it, it makes sense like if this team's going to be good it's not going to be this year right and it's probably not going to be next year no like I just yeah I, that's the thing like I don't I don't know where I start pointing to something I don't know where I start pointing and saying like this is when they might be able to be good I it, it's I don't think there's enough coming I think it's going to be a while I think it's I think they're they're doing the right thing by resetting but I don't I don't even know how they come out of the reset yet it's also like yeah I think I agree with that it's it's too early to see how the reset's going to work they're still doing a lot of this uh like getting these. Like positionless hitters, mm-hmm. and trying to make that work. I don't think David Dahl counts as that, but Low and Solak. Yeah, I'm not especially optimistic on Dahl. I mean, um, Willie Calhoun is on the IL, but he'll be back again. Yeah, 
That that's starting to seem like it's just he's just gonna have trouble staying healthy. Uh, can you name three members of the Rangers bullpen? Um, Jonathan Hernandez. Maybe. Can I, can I Curren- just... Currently hurt. Okay. Um. <laughs> exactly. But, oh, you uh, know what? Uh, Out of the Park Twenty Two just came out, and Wes Benjamin is a good, uh, good like a. Bungie reliever in there. Yeah, sneaky Les lefty. Les Benjamin's are lefty, um, or one of their lefties. Uh, I've got nothing Ian else. Ca- Ian Candy made the team. Matt Bush made the team. Uh, Tyler Hearn. Uh, John right. King. It's a, it's, a, it's a rough bullpen. Um, I, I guess they're going to hope that guys like maybe Gibson, Lyles, and, and taking a chance on Fulty, like you hope those guys can maybe have a good first half and you can turn them around for something. I can see that with Fulty. He's had Velo this spring, but he hasn't pitched well. <laughs> I guess that's uh maybe that's time to sell a high. Yeah, it's a rough combo. Like the velos bounced back a bit, but it hasn't it hasn't uh converted into results, if you will. I like Dane Dunning. Yeah, it's a nice pickup. And and he might be good. Like um, I think they waited too long to trade Lynn, but then they ended up doing mm, well in the trade. They did do well in the trade. Um so yeah, I don't I I it wouldn't shock me if they had finished with the uh uh uh, let's go okay, over under on the Rangers 100 losses. I'm going to say over, but I will definitely not say over 108. Okay. So this is the second worst team in the American League in your mind. Unless you, well, I, I guess we should let them, let them go back to another division. Mm. Detroit Tigers over under. Nah, I've got the Tigers over both. Okay. I think so the Tigers are... just have too many talented players to lose that many games. Yeah. So this is the second worst team in baseball. Uh, in AL, at least. I don't know. The, uh, or in American League, rather. Yeah, the Rockies are going to... No. I guess I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, don't get ahead of yourselves. And uh, that wraps up the American League. And we'll come back in just a sec after you listen to another song from Vitamin and talk about the National League. Stick around. podcast time to transition to the senior circuit is the national league the senior circuit yeah good i don't actually i guess just because they've been around longer i think that's it stephen goldman would be very mad at me right now for not my dad always calls it that that's my point of reference i can't believe you know someone who actually calls it the senior circuit he's old that's remarkable he's 72 that's not old old enough to call it the senior circuit (laughs) fair enough um american league east i think is gonna be fun this year um, highly competitive. Who you got? Ugh, I guess the Mets. I, 
I guess the Mets. Okay. I want to pick the Braves. But you're picking the Mets. So, you know, I'm going to ask you why you're picking the Mets. I'm picking the Mets because I just like their pitching staff more, basically. I think it. I think it's set up a little bit better, and I, I just have enough question marks around whether the Braves guys will be available and effective. I know mm-hmm. the Mets have similar issues, but I just like what they've done with their depth a little bit better. Okay. Um, obviously, the Mets are going to uh, hit balls over the fence, and a lot of them. Yeah. Um, a whole lot of them. I mean, there's a good chance that they could, you know, everyone... Every one of their everyday players has has double digit possibilities, and and you know, three of them have the chance to hit thirty. Maybe four of them have the chance to hit thirty. Um, they're going to slug, no question about it. Um, I, I do think they have depth issues in terms of position players. Yeah, that's that's kind of the one thing that does worry me. Where there are some places where they're very strong, where they have redundancy, and there's some places where they're very weak. And if if you get an injury in the wrong place, like like if Pete Alonso goes down, it's not clear to me how much worse they get immediately. Right, right. If Jeff McNeil goes down, or if if either middle infielder goes down, right, then then it's a lot worse. You're talking about Jonathan Villar and and an 18 pitch at bat, Luis Guillorme. Um and then I always, the, I always think of him as bat catching Luis Guillorme. <laughs> but it, it, it's a pretty big drop and then um you know the outfield is good and, you know dominic smith shouldn't play the outfield but he sure can mash um yeah. brandon nimmo shouldn't play center field but he sure can get on base uh and michael conforto is really really good yeah he um, should play right field that's he perfect. should he should play right field and he's he's darn good at it he's a, a really good hitter um no, but if something goes south there, then you're leaning on Alberto Mora and Kevin P. Kevin Pillar. Yeah, they're very strong in the corners, basically. Yeah, um, like all four corners. Uh, pitching staff, obviously Degrom. We all know Jacob Degrom's great. Um, Marcus Stroman's had a very strong spring and looks like he'll be back after after opting out last year. Um, some low key solid stuff behind that with Peterson and Taiwan Walker. Um, yeah, Lucchese's good. Lucchese's solid. Yeah, the bullpen. Um, got some reinforcements, uh, in particular Trevor May. Uh, I know Edwin Diaz gets a lot of crap, often deservedly so, and uh, but but he's still, I think, one of the better closers in baseball, and I'd be I'd be thrilled to have him if I was if I was sitting around on April first and Edwin Diaz was penciled as my closer, I'd, I'd feel pretty good about it. Yeah. Now we have him as the second best bullpen in baseball, and I don't buy that. That seems a little heady. Yeah, I think it. I it's think projections average. are missing on Potensis. who's looked horrible this spring. Yeah, and and again, like spring print performances don't necessarily mean anything, but like the underlying data is very concerning as well. He's just not throwing hard. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 it, he always felt. I mean, from the second he got drafted out of high school, he always felt like a guy who had really good stuff, but a limited number of bullets. Yeah, and. and, um, and I wonder if, if time's just kind of run out there. Yeah, that that worries me. Well, again, he doesn't need to be that important to their bullpen. They can just dump him down the line a little bit. Familia is kind of the same deal. Yeah. And and right now it is uh, is Wednesday, March thirty first. It is four nineteen p.m. Central Time. 
and Francisco Lindor still has not signed an extension. Yeah. So that that's more of a long-term question. I it's hard for me to imagine a Mets team that doesn't end this winter with a marquee shortstop of some type. The way you were talking about the Yankees, like it just not it just might not be Lindor. And and the thing is like these these pre, you know, end of spring training deadlines that players impose impose them. You've every right to do it. Go for it. I think they should do that, but they're not real. Yeah. You know, if, if, if 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 Cohen says on April 17th final I'll give you the 385, he's not going to say no. That would be really funny. He's like, I it would be hysterical if he said, "No, I'm not negotiating anymore." That would be hysterical, but he's not going to. Yeah. Right. So I I'm not I wouldn't be worried that they won't end the season with a marquee shortstop one way or another because that's the way they've set up their team for sure and i think i think you're right that the middle infield and center field are places where they're very weak to injury but you know we just talked about how they've done some low-key nice things with the rotation and it's gonna get better in the second half of the year like they're gonna add whatever they can get out of carrasco and Syndergaard, and that's like a really big tailwind Mm-hmm. And, and catching's an issue as well. Just, you know, Thomas Nito's the backup and he's not very good. And you know, guys like Caleb Joseph and Bruce Maxwell behind that, they really, and obviously they gave him a big contract. They really need Brian McCann to stay healthy and be pretty good. Uh, James McCann, right? James McCann, I'm sorry. Yeah. They, the Brian McCann would be a nice fit for them as a lefty. They should bring both. I mean, that would be awesome. Like an all McCann catching. Call him out of retirement. <laughs> so it's, are, are we in agreement that this is going to be between the Mets and the Braves? Yeah, I the Nats have a puncher's chance. Just if they if they get perfect health and it turns out that like some of Corbin's velocity comes back, sure. But I think it's really between the the Braves and the Mets. Okay, so let's talk about the Braves. Um, not a team who had a a, a busy offseason. It's pretty much the same lineup you, you got last year. I mean, this is this is which like I mean, Kristen Pache is now the full time center fielder. Uh, but it's the usual. It's the usual guys here. This is exactly what you saw in the in the NLCS last year. Um, the rotation changes dramatically, really, um, both due to injury and free agent signings. All of a sudden, Charlie Morton and Drew Smiley are around. Um, the bullpen is the bullpen you saw last year for the most part. Excellent, um, An excellent bullpen. Last really, year. really good bullpen. They had they had Nate Jones, which is the kind of guy you always give a chance to because he can really throw hard and, and hopefully he can stay healthy and do something about it. Um, but you're right. It's a, it's, a, it's a really good bullpen. Obviously, um, you know, Mike Soraka's hurt right now. Um, but, you know, they got two stars. And I, I don't I, I guess I, I, I lean toward the Braves just because I don't see a reason to think they're going to be worse. Yeah, I, I think if the Mets win the division, it's because they got better, not because the Braves got worse. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you on that. I mean, the places that you'd wonder about the Braves are are Freed and Anderson as good as they were in 2020. But they don't have to be. They added Morton, and they'll get Soraka back. I'll I'll go on record that I am I'm on board the Ian Anderson Express. I think this is real. I, it it wouldn't shock me if he was their best pitcher this year. That's how real it, it, I think he is. If he's not, who do you think their best pitcher is? I'd go with Freed. I I'm leaning towards Soraka, but. For, I guess that just says that we don't have a lot of faith in Charlie Morton. Um, I have faith in Charlie Morton being good when he pitches. I, I just don't know yeah. how much bulk you're going to get at Charlie I agree Morton with that. at this I, point. I think he's like 
I think he was a great pickup. I think great pickup for I agree. that price. I would have done it as well as the mm-hmm. Braves, and I would be happy that it didn't cost more. Like because it's just what they need. But I just don't. I don't see a lot of universes where he's their best starter at the end of the year. And if if that's the case, I don't think it's good. Yeah. Um, you know, I think this is one of the most dangerous first four in a lineup in all of baseball. Um, Acuna, Albies, Freeman, Ozuna. Um, I think the, the, one of the scary things is like all the underlying data on Ozuna's year last year kind of supports it. Right. Because it's, oh shit, this, some, some things really changed here for the better. Um, I think they're going to score a ton of runs. It's not, you know, there's some depth issues. I think like a seven, eight, nine of Swanson, Riley, and Pache don't necessarily inspire a ton of confidence. Um, <laughs> but they're going to score a ton of runs. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I I don't feel great about Darno fifth either. Yeah, I I think he's pretty good. Like, I mean, I'm perfectly fine with you know some sort of seven seventy five OPS kind of thing out of yeah. him. Yeah, that seems reasonable. I'm very on board with Azuna, though. I, I think you can you can convince yourself of the story that his shoulder was just not right the entire time, like his last year in Miami and his two years in St. Louis. Right. That, that's so easy to believe. Like, did you see him throw? It was, it was terrible. Yeah, no, it was brutal. It was, it was like a 20, yeah. Yeah, and he used to be, like, solidly plus. Um. Yeah, exactly. And And it's... He's. I. I know. I mean, I wrote. I wrote our left field um, positional rankings, and I know our projection system has him as having some value defensively. Hmm. And <laughs> if I could make the exact noise you just did, I would. I don't um, think I can make that again. <laughs> yeah, it's involuntary. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, at the end of the day, like this guy's a. This guy should be a DH. Yeah, it's, it, it's not good, but but overall, it's a pretty good defensive close. It's interesting club. because I do think he's athletic. There's lots of guys like that, you know. Um, he's a Brewer now, and he's hurt, and I, he was out of options, and they were gonna have a tough decision. But I think about like Derek Fisher, who you know, obviously, I had, I had a lot of familiarity with him. You know, the Astros yeah. drafted him; he came up with the Astros. Um, Derek Fisher, athletically, is 90th percentile among all baseball players, right? Um, he's a 70 runner. He probably has 60, 70 raw. Like it's, it's all there. Like he's a tremendous athlete. Uh, and you can't even trust him in left. Yeah. It's just, it just happens sometimes. Yeah. It's interesting. Ozuna played, I think he played some center, right? In my Coming up. Yeah. Once in a while. Yeah. 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 And it's just, he's not, he's not like a, he's not, and even now he's, he's, he's bulkier than he was. He's a bigger, stronger human yeah. being. But even now, he's, it's not like he's a slug on the base paths. There's just like something wrong with like he just doesn't look natural out there, like taking mm-hmm. routes and stuff. He doesn't look comfortable, and and just you know, some guys just hate playing defense. That's just the truth. I don't know how Azuna feels about it, but some guys just hate to do it, and they just want to hit. And and you just wish that the two sides could have come to some agreement on the DH thing so he could just hit. Yeah, I agree. And you know, starting next year, presumably. I think that's, I think that's gonna happen. That's gonna happen. I think this is it. This is the last year we're gonna be stuck watching pitchers hit. And if you're some traditionalist, I apologize, but watching pitchers hit is stupid. Yeah. I watching pitchers hit is fun if you know that they got a good outcome. I mean look, I love I love outcomes. a Bartolo Colon home run as much as the next guy. But uh, you know, as as a as a 
when you add up all of the pitcher at bats, we shouldn't be forced to watch pitchers hit. Yeah, I, I totally agree. That's the thing. Like the the small moments of grace are not worth the the larger. Just like, oh my god, why is this happening? Why is that guy hurt? Right. It's just it's it's bad for the game. It, it makes for a less entertaining game, and it's it's bad for pitchers' health. And they should just just dump it. But dump anyway, it. we both like Ozuna. <laughs> We both really like Marcelo Zuna. I think, I mean, I, I, again, I feel like, I, I feel like with the East here, we're talking about like we did with the American League Central, where um, if I was going to sign 100 points, I would be 55 45 Braves. I'm not pounding yeah. the table here or anything like that. I think um, I would be like 50 Mets, 45 Braves, 5 Nats. Well, let's talk about the Nats then, because I'm, you said that, and um, this is a podcast. And we were simply audio, and you couldn't see my eyebrows go up. Um, what do you see in the Nats that makes you think they have kind of a puncher's chance? Basically, I think if like their starters have demonstrated a level such that if they should hit that level again, that they're going to be in every they're going to be in a lot of games that they play, and the top of the offense can win those games. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to require more. 70th percentile outcomes than I feel comfortable with. And I, I don't think they've done a particularly good job kind of turning over the roster and keeping it a, a threatening top-to-bottom roster instead of just a place where a bunch of guys who were really good in 2016 play now. But I I guess Schwarber was hurt all 2016, but whatever, who were really good five years ago. Right. Uh, but... I, I think that there's enough, like, very, very high-end talent there that if they, more so than most other teams that have the, like, no-depth problem, if they navigate their way through that lack of depth, they they can be a really good team when everyone's healthy and everyone's playing well. And, and to go back to something we talked about in the first segment of the show, um, it, you know, really just broke in the last maybe 20 minutes on, on Twitter, um, they have a positive COVID test and we don't know who the player is or who the related players are. Cause it sounds like they have, they have a contract tracing issue as well. And that somewhere in the neighborhood of five players will not be available to them opening day. And if that means they're not available to them opening day, they're not going to be available the next day either. Like this is going to be something they're going to have to overcome. And these are going to, these are the kind of things that are going to be a problem. And the nationals are the first team. They're not going to be the last, but they're the first team to really deal with something. They're going to have five players out for a series or two. Now, if it could be like Luis Avilan, <laughs> let's see, Andrew Stevenson, Jordy Mercer, Hernan Perez, then Ryan Zimmerman. I'll be honest with you, like the five players you just named, I don't think that's a social group on the on the Nats roster. I don't think those five guys all hang out around a lot together. <laughs> oh, that's fair. <laughs> well, I'm not really going to push back on that one. <laughs> But and yeah, it, it just worries you, and I, I I think I maybe even said this. Um, I don't know if I said it or wrote it, so I'm just going to say it again. Like you know, if some pen arm gets it, those, those bullpen guys all hang out with each other, and all of a sudden it's like five pen arms who can't go. Yeah, imagine that's a, the Nets minus five bullpen players. That's a nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare. If it's and then you know, I hate to speculate, but if it's like Soto, and then you know. From there, like the Latin contingent and Soto hangs. I know Soto and Robles are very, very close. And then they're hanging out with Castro. And um, y- y- all of a sudden, like you lose two thirds of your infield and you use Wander Suero. Um, I mean, I went is, to UVA. These, these, are, these are big. Big UVA fan. Come on. What are the odds it's Ryan Zimmerman? Like, 
I guess he opted out of 2020, so actually maybe not yeah, that yeah. high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Should, like, yeah, it's, I just think like it just it's just interesting that we talked about this and it's already happening. Yeah. So between between us recording the first segment and us getting to segment five here, we've already had a team that's going to have huge COVID issues in the first week of the season. Yeah, I suppose I. I didn't really update my 5% Nats thing for the fact that if the season hasn't started and they're already having their depth <laughs> tested. Right. And that's the thing. Like, you can take this this Nats roster. Um, and, and, you know, uh, Ben and I are both, I think, constantly referring. I think it's what you're looking at. Like, constantly referring to these roster resource pages, which are phenomenal. Oh, yeah. yeah they're and, the best. And, and I will just say, A, they're the best. But B, like, people should know that major league front offices lean on roster resource. You know, usually it's a task, you know, assigned to an intern to maintain these kind of depth charts. So many teams have just outsourced that task, if you will, uh, to roster resource. I don't they're think Jason good. ever sleeps. Yeah, they're that good. I don't think he does either. It's amazing how he keeps on track of this. But, you know, if you take this, 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 you know, projected roster for the Nats, if you pick, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll let Ed, you know, go do this yourself. Go look at it right now. Um, if you're listening and pick five guys, any five off, no matter who you pick, you've really hurt. You've really hurt the team. And it's just, it's unavoidable. And this is bad. And uh, it's, it's going to be a problem. I think it, you know, hopefully only for a couple months, I guess is what I'm saying. And hopefully, you know, we'll get to a point where we all feel much better about, uh, you know, going out and doing things. But I, this is, I think the, 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 the great hidden monster of 2021 is, has reared its ugly head awfully early. Um, Oh, so I guess I, one thing against Soto getting it is that he got it last year. That's true. That's a good sign, maybe. Um, Hopefully a good sign. Let me is, ask you is, one last question about the Nats here before... Uh, uh, yeah, I was going to ask you one, too. So you go, uh, then I go. How much better is this roster if Carter Keboom was, I don't know, not... It just feels like he just can't do it. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's not like... Uh, I know Starlin Castro isn't quote unquote good, but he's not a zero. You know what I mean? Well, it's more Josh Harrison, right? It's more Josh Harrison. You're right. Uh, Josh Harrison. I don't know. Like I think Josh Harrison's so great to have on a team just as a human being, but you know, he's, he's a shell of what he once was. Yeah. I mean, it hurts. It's it's, but in the end of the day, like in terms of just wins, is it two? Yeah, probably not. Which could, which could be it like, obviously, but I don't think it's a huge loss, but He's been disappointing for sure. Yeah. Um, and their system's bad. Like, there's not a whole lot coming here. Yeah, I mean, um, that. it feels like that's kind of by design. They have the back end of all these deferred payments coming up. And, like... It's also weird how the Nationals used to be, like, these, you know, as big a spender as anyone when you think about, you know, Scherzer and Strasburg and, and others, um, how they've suddenly kind of gone cheap. Yeah, they're still running a big payroll this year, mm-hmm. but... Just by the way that they're they've structured their contracts and stuff, they're I mean Scherzer's making forty two million dollars this year, right? And Strasburg thirty five, and so like they're kind of on the tail end of a big spending binge. But the way they structured it back in the day means that like they're getting less bang for their buck now, which is on purpose. And hey, they won a World Series, good work. Right, right. Um... What's the chances that we finish the year with people talking about Juan Soto as the best player in baseball? Ooh. Talking about? 
Like talking in the conversation. I don't think people talk about it now, and maybe they should after what he did last year. But at sixty games, you want to see him do it for a whole year. I know he led the National League, I believe, in all three triple slash numbers. Um, I would be shocked if he didn't. Yeah. So I, I guess is it time to start talking? I mean, Mike Trout's at some point going to start declining. Yeah, I think that it's reasonable to ask about whether Soto is one of the best handful of players in the game. Like, right now, I, I think he is. Yeah, sure, right now, yeah. I think but the, but the best. Yeah, I would say it's like a... Again, I'm not going to say he was the best. He will be considered, like, no doubt, the best player in the in the game at the end of this year. But I think there's a 70% chance that when you see it on SportsCenter and they're saying who's the best player in baseball, that he'll be mm-hmm. one of the names discussed. So I, you gave the Nationals a puncher's chance pre-COVID problems. Um, do the Phillies have a puncher's chance too? <sighs> um, I mean, I don't think so, but I'm open to being wrong. I like the rotation. At least I like three-fifths of the rotation. Um, it just kind of falls off from there. Um, obviously, they have some, some big-time stars in, in Real Muto and Harper. Um, but there's a lineup depth issue. Uh, I think overall, it's at least a 500 team, and I think a 500 team has a puncher's chance. Yeah, that's fair. Their bullpen's better than uh, better than it's been in recent vintages without being great. How could it be any worse than last year? Yeah, that's fair. If, mm-hmm. if, if I was looking at this depth chart right now, and and Ben Clemens was in there, I'd go, "Well, it's, it's improved from last year." <laughs> that, that, that's true. So they added one, two, three, four bullpen arms. Yeah, Archie Bradley, Jose Alvarado, uh, Brandon Kinsler, Sam Coonrod. Hot take, Jose Alvarado will be one of the best relievers in the National League this year. If healthy. But yeah, he... Kind of always, but uh, he was... uh, I saw a couple outings from this spring, and it was... uh, It was fucking insane what was coming out of his hand. Um. And he's, he's always had remarkable stuff, but th- this looked like a step up from that even. Yeah, lefties um, that throw that harder, just like... A lot of fun. I don't know that, like, how you ever get used to that as a batter. There just aren't any. Um, you know, Aaron Nola's getting some Cy Young predictions this year. Uh, I don't know if I buy that. I don't think I'd be surprised if Zach Wheeler outpitched him. I really like Wheeler. I think... I think people are too low on Wheeler in general, and mm-hmm. I would agree with you too high on Nola if they consider him like one of the ten best pitchers in baseball. I think he's probably closer to the eleven to twenty range than one of ten. Mm-hmm. Which I I don't know, like I don't think that's a particularly spicy take, but maybe. Right, and and you know obviously they have JT Realmuto, who's awesome. They have Bryce Harper, who's awesome. I don't know who else is a star in this lineup right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bohm could be. I don't know if I'm buying that one. I like Didi Gregorius a lot. Yeah, it's but speculative. Bohm is not speculative. a star. Yeah. You know? Um, and so I think that's probably just like it's the lineup depth, I think, is what's going to keep them from competing with some of the bigger teams here. Yeah. Um, is there any hope for the Marlins? Probably more than I give them. I. I'm sure that, I just think that, if you ask me, I say there's no hope, and that can't be right, because they, they just made the playoffs. <laughs> right. 
um it's just tough to it's just tough to figure it out like it, it's i think there uh, are one i don't know I don't, two, I, three four five six players in their starting lineup who i'm like oh that's that's a not a great number six hitter yeah i was about to say something similar in the sense that if you look at their starting lineup and and, and it's okay so this is you know probably the majority of the playing time for this it's alfaro catching uh jesus Aguilar at first uh, Jazz Chisholm and Miguel Rojas in the middle of the infield at some combination. Brian Anderson at third and outfield left to right of Corey Dickerson, Starling Marte, and Adam Duvall. Um, I guess when you, sh- you know, you-, you show up and you're playing the Marlins and you look at that lineup, who really scares you? Anderson? No, uh, he doesn't scare me at all. I, I think he's like a-, a nice player. I think he's okay. I think he's a league average hitter. Okay, so who scares you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess Aguilar might get into one, right? Garrett Cooper. He was more of a bench guy, but yeah, I, I hear you. Um, yeah, I would say Garrett Cooper is the one. Like, if I'm starting a lefty that day especially, he's the scariest. Yeah. Um, and then a rotation. Like, I, you know, Trevor Rogers and, and uh, Elisa Hernandez have both looked good this spring. Um, but, you know, I know, there's no ace or even two hole starter for real here um it's a, you just can't support any team starting the year with anthony bass as their closer um <laughs> that is i believe it's in the constitution I'm why, why really isn't sure. dylan flora their closer <sighs> why no one none of these players should be a closer yeah but i'd feel better with him yeah maybe it'll happen who knows i i do like pablo lopez i i, I do want to say that i think he's He's a nice pitcher. He doesn't do anything that blows you away, but he seems to do everything pretty well. Okay. He's got some stuff and some command of it. Yeah. I. And he's one of those Lance Lynn-looking guys where mm. he throws a lot of stuff that's kind of straight. And, yeah. But he just locates it pretty well. He's got a nice changeup. I, I think he he's the, their best pitcher, I think. I, I'm kind of down. I, it, yeah, if, if the year ended and Pablo Lopez was their best pitcher, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Yeah, at but all. yeah, but like you said, it's not it's not a deep situation here. No, it's there's depth issues. There's just kind of overall stars. You know, there's just not. I don't know who the stars on this team are. That's the problem. And what odds would you it. give me that Adam Simber will be their all star? <laughs> um, Thirty five to one, <laughs> like. It just kind of seems like he's going to face mostly righties. He could just ha- he's really good at facing righties. He could just have a season where he pops. And it's like, well, I mean, are these one of these hitters going to be an all-star? This is actually a fun question because that, that's still a rule, right? You still have to have one all-star? I think so. I mean, be, that's I a fun that, that, That's actually like a really fun thing. Like like we should there's an article to be written about who will be each team's all-star and but just talk about the challenges like 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 the Marlins. Yeah. Like like you know, who's going to be the Tigers all-star? Who's going to be the Rangers all-star? You know, that's a good time. I was looking through and I was like, who is the guy where I'm like, yeah, this guy's, this guy will obviously be their best player and they'll, they'll gift him a spot. And it's like, well, like it's, yeah, there's like always like this, you know, there's some sort of chance that like Aguilar has like 16 bombs at the break. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's been an all-star before. You know, it's, it's Marte. Marte's still a good player. I've always had a, a uncomfortable affinity for Corey Dickerson. I think he's underrated. I think he's just always been a pretty good hitter on very bad teams and underappreciated because of it. 
Um, he had a really bad year last year. He also had a lot of extenuating circumstances um, in, in terms of, of off the field stuff. Um, I think he's a pretty decent bounce back candidate. I've always I've yeah. always liked the bat. And he didn't even have that bad of a year, honestly. For a yeah, for his bad year, that's like totally acceptable. Yeah, and so it's it's I, they're another team. Um, I think it's too. Or I you know I it's not a great system. Um, but we can't. It's 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 first year of a new administration. I don't think we can really judge a direction yet until they establish that direction. Are the mesas uh, as as good as hoped? No, that's rough. Next question. <laughs> uh, they they uh, they are uh, really not. That's rough. That's uh. Was, there was probably a lot riding on that. There was a lot riding on that. No, they're no, they're. Uh, nowhere close to uh nowhere close to that at all on any level i think it's i think that one might uh, might not work out at all in fact um it's gonna it's gonna take a while it's it's not a good system um yeah victor victor mesa does not look good despite the and then i guess mesa jr was always just yeah yeah he was there he was always like the action it's but it's reached the point where like don't be shocked if if mesa jr ends up the better player than victor victor That's how bad it's gotten. That's not great. Yeah. So uh, we'll take a break and we'll come back with uh, not the best, but probably the most competitive division in the National League Central. So stick around. Welcome back to the podcast that never ends. We still have two divisions to go, and we're going to go to the National League Central. Um, if you can say with any assurity who is going to win the National League Central, you have a false sense of security. Like there's just <laughs> you just can't. You, there's no way you can. And this goes back to something we talked about in, in segment one and some of the um, the health factors. Um, I think that you know. I think the healthiest team wins. Period. Like I just, these teams are too even. No one's really good. Um, you have four teams that are, you know, I don't want to say really. You have four teams that are kind of good, right? That the, they're they're kind of good. Um, and it's going to be, you know, I, I don't know, eighty-five wins might win the division. It might even that might be high. Um, you know the zips projections have the the gap between the first and fourth place teams as three wins. Um, the zips projections have four teams with uh, a nearly twenty or more percent chance to win the division. Um, this one's wide open. Um, in my mind, those four teams it should be said are the Brewers, the Cardinals, the Cubs, and the Reds. In my mind. I think the Brewers and the Cardinals are both a click above the Cubs and the Reds. I agree. I am willing to accept that I might just misunderstand how pitching works, and maybe I've been wrong all these years, and the Cubs are better than I think. 
but I, unless I've just completely missed the point of throwing harder, then I would say that, yeah, the, the Brewers and the Cardinals are, have a leg up. They can sustain one extra injury and still be, still be in the mix relative to the Cubs and Reds. So let's start with Milwaukee then. Um, they're, you know, they, they made some, some late bounce by uh, signing Jackie Bradley Jr. Uh, they had kind of a low-key, very good free agent signing in my mind. And Colton Wong. Uh, huge fan. Might be, um, I think this might be really good. So so uh, it was very encouraging. He had a power outage last year uh, on every level um, in terms of both hitting the ball in the air and hitting balls hard at all. Um, lots of signs of spring training that he's, he's back to at least being able to, to you know, get back to the, the sneaky pop yeah. that he had in the past. Um, the, the pitching staff is, is what it was last year. There's no new names. And it's, it's an interesting thing where it's a rotation with two really good guys starting off with, with Woodruff and Burns. It's a bullpen with two really good guys at the end and, and Hader and Devin Williams. And the rest is this very weird mishmash of, of, abilities and skills and this is one of those things i know it's really hard to measure and 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 i just but i do think that uh craig council and the staff do an incredible job of kind of maximizing what's left of the arms yeah i agree with that and i also think that the like the bullpen is really good at the back, but I think having Brent Suter makes it just a lot better overall, too. Like, he's he's just been a really nice kind of Swiss Army piece for them. I have no idea how he gets it done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't ask me that. Just but... up there, ch- just like chucking 85 and getting dudes out. It's just the weirdest thing in the world. And it I, just I, seems I, to work. I've Yeah, it's just one of those things where, like, and it's a long enough tracker, yeah, it works for him. Like, I, it's just, it baffles me. Absolutely baffles me. Um... And they, they do like it's interesting that they're 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 going to start the year um, with Hauser, Brett Anderson, and Freddie Peralta uh, in the three four five shots of the rotation, um, but they do have some other options should things get weird. You know, I think it's hard to, to even though he's been healthy for a couple of years, it's hard to really depend on Brett Anderson for thirty starts. Right. Um, this is Freddie Peralta's you know first start like a, a you know a a, a you know, start to finish starter role. Um, Adrian Hauser's I, had a difficult spring. Um, but the things that they fill in with are, I think at least to begin with, are things that are already in the big leagues, if you will. I think Josh Lindblom would be the first guy to move into the rotation should a need arise. Um, right. They, they don't really hesitate when they need to, to use um, Suter as an opener type. Yeah. And again, um, like he gets it done. But they need that to they 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 if it gets past that, it gets a little scary because then you're talking about like Eric Lauer, who's kind of completely collapsed in a lot of ways and 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 didn't show a lot of signs of bouncing back this spring. Um, and then it's like the 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 vestigial remnants of Jordan Zimmerman and Zach Godley. It, it gets scary real quick if if they need to dip further in. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. I will say the. I think Burns is the best chance of anyone we're not currently talking about as one of the best five pitchers in baseball to end the season in that list. Wow. What makes you that optimistic about him? So I Burns always felt like he had the stuff to just go completely crazy. Like throws really hard, throws a ton of spin, like 
It's got a really good slider. Mm-hmm. And I think doing the splitting from the four-seam slider game that he used to do to the cutter-sinker slide-up and kind of moving his change-up around more, like using it a bit more often, has just completely changed the looks that he presents in a way where he was insanely good last year. Right. Like, insanely good last year. He was excellent, yeah. And I think it would be crazy to predict that as a median case, but I think the odds are just higher that what happened is his previous data was when he was gripping the ball wrong. And he was just adding all this, like, the way that he threw his fastball made his fastball not fool batters. And that we should be looking at this new Corbin Burns as a different pitcher. If that happens, then maybe they should be the favorites. Yeah, I don't think it's likely, but I but think that for anyone in the realm that of possibility. Tier, yeah, I put him more in that realm of possibility than... Like, he got sent to the minors in 2019 because he was giving up 75 home runs a game. Right, right. And so um, that's all in the projections. And I don't know, I... I, I get why, but I'm skeptical. Or not skeptical. So, I'm hopeful that he'll do it. I'm skeptical that he's doomed to fall back into his old habits. <laughs> um, the lineup is not without risks. Um, you know, they, 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 there's flaws on this team, and, and like there are in every team in the National League Central. Um, Omar Narvaez, I don't know. Who knows? Like, he went from a guy who could, like, a pretty good offensive catcher who was bad defensively to a pretty good defensive catcher who couldn't hit at all. Um, he's a weird hitting guy too like even when he was hitting well everything's weird it wasn't like he was hitting the ball hard frequently he was just getting into a few right like his top end was really good and the middle was like just pile of garbage yeah and he has new swing mechanics this year and and he had a a decent spring i i don't who knows um i I think there's every good reason to think yellick will go back to being yellick um Kesson here is a weird guy to wrap your head around. Like it's 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 he's one of those guys where I think the the found power has actually been really bad for him, and he's kind of ceased being a hitter, and now is just yeah. a slugger, and it's, it's led to some bad things, particularly with the swing and miss in him. And uh, and I think it's it's a direct result of, of of hitting home runs and hitting too many of them, which I know is a weird thing to say, um, but I think that's what happened with him. Yeah, my. One of my hot takes for the NL this year was that Colton Wong will finish with a higher WRC plus than Hira. Mm. Hot take city. And that is a that is a lot more likely than you'd like if you're a Keston Hira fan, because one of them was the worst defensive second baseman in baseball, and one of them was the best. Right. <laughs> um, I, I think, obviously, the big hole for this team is left side. Um, you know, Travis Shaw was signed as an NRI and is, is going to be um, your everyday third baseman against righties. Um, the rest of the at-bats are going to be some sort of, you know, Luis Urias or Orlando Arcia combination. Uh, neither one inspires much confidence at the plate. Um, I think this is going to be one of their real struggles and, 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 and possibly, you know, a focus for them this summer. Uh, I really want to believe in Arias. Like, what do you have to believe on, though? Minor league numbers, right? Like, it's been a, been a while. It's been a while. I, I mean, don't he think th- he's qualified to play a plus shortstop. I think he is, actually. You do? Yeah, I think he's really good defensively. I mean, I guess the thing is, I don't think he's better than Wong at second. No. I don't think I don't think there's anyone I'd project. Few, to be few morals are. Yeah. At least this year. But I guess, yeah, I maybe I'm just scared off because he just doesn't mm-hmm. look like he has the like size to make some of the throws that I 
Yeah, it's all right. No, I think he's actually a good shortstop. And if that's the case, then I, good defender. I think it works better. I, the thing you worry about is, like, a lot of his minor league numbers were driven by walks. And, like, is he just going to get the bat knocked out of his hand and no one cares? That's ex- and, just, and that's exactly what happens. Like, I yeah. think with guys who do what he do, do in the minors, I think if you can't hit a ball hard, if no one's afraid of you hitting a ball hard, you have to stop being afraid of the strike zone with guys. Yeah, and then you he know, just, it's like he cranked it in what 2019 and just started hitting a bunch of home runs, but I don't buy it. Yeah, I don't either. And it, it turned to a situation where, um, I mean, look, it's Aaron Judge has really good plate discipline, but he also draws a ton of walks because no one's going to give him a strike, right? right? And it's not like Aaron Judge is, you know, if you just rank them by walk rate and say these are the best strike zone disciplined hitters, it's just not how it works, right? Um, you know, going back again, like Sammy Sosa never had good plate discipline, literally never. And he had years where he had 100-plus walks because he was Sammy Sosa. And if you gave him a strike, he was going to launch it. And so he just never got one. But it wasn't because he had great plate discipline. And so the reverse happens with a guy like Urias and just like, here, hit it. I'm not afraid. Yeah, he'd need to have like David Fletcher level I plus contact skills to walk at the rate that he's going to want to walk. And that's not going to happen. He did walk 8% of the time last year, but he struck out 27% of the time, Mm -hmm. which is, I guess he only had 120 plate appearances so whatever yeah it just feels like with, with urias arcia and um shaw they're just like they're, they're like shuffling in and trying to pick the best spots for three bench players into into two everyday roles yeah i i do think that the way that it works out best for them is with shaw and urias playing as much as possible i'm i'm just kind of done with the arcia yeah train. i hear you um the other, you know, the other, the kind of the two teams we both like in this division more than those is the Cardinals. Um, first of all, congratulations to the St. Louis Cardinals for topping the eighty-five percent vaccinated level quickly and, and, hey. and getting their restrictions lifted. I hope, uh, hope soon we have all thirty teams there. Get your shots if you get your shots. Can say it again. Um, I had an article out today that turned into an absolute shit show in the comments with like anti-vaxxers and stuff. And don't be that person. <laughs> don't be that person. We'd invite you to not respond if you are that person. Yeah, really. Um, or email us, chinmusicatfangraphs.com. Send, send us an email. We'll read it on the air and mock you again. Um, St. Louis Cardinals are weird. <laughs> it's a weird team, I think. Um, obviously, you know, everything starts offensively with uh, with the corner combo. Uh, it might be the best in baseball with Goldschmidt and Arenado. Um what happens after that? Uh, I like Paul DeYoung. I don't okay. like him as a four-hitter. Yeah. I like him as a guy who can deliver you a roughly average uh, outcome at the plate by... With power. I don't know. Based With, off the power. Yeah. Based off the power and the fact that I think he has an intelligent approach to the plate, though he has swing and miss in his game. I think that he, he works around that in the right way. Like, he's kind of hunting for pitches to hit and right, because he has right. the power. He's not Sammy Sosa, to use your previous example. Can, I, can, I, I, ask, can I ask how old a human you are? I am 35. Do you remember John Valentine? Yeah. Like, it was a, like he could play shortstop. It wasn't great, but he could play shortstop. He's going to strike out a ton, but he's going to draw some walks and hit some bombs. It's a similar guy in my mind. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think because of, uh, because of the Cardinals' ability to position him and... Like, previously he had Wong around to kind of, like, let him play more into the into the hole and come to his left to make plays. And now it's going to be the opposite with Arenado, or Arenado. But, like, I, I think that he's a good enough, like, 
very sure-handed and seems to make the throws, which surprises me a little bit because he just did not have that uh, that kind of reputation. He also didn't play shortstop in college at right. a small school. <laughs> Near you, right? Yeah, I think so, right? Where did he go? Let's look it up. I remember him being a Midwest guy, but I'm not going to lie. I don't remember what school he went to. Illinois State. There you go. Normal Illinois. I've done that drive. I'll tell you a Sean Mania story about Illinois State when you're... But I guess my point is, like, if he's kind of a... If he's an average shortstop who's a league average bat, that's nice. That's a, that's a really nice piece. And yeah. most metrics think he's an above average shortstop, which surprises me. And I wonder if you'd get a lot of pushback from scouts on that. I just... Yeah. I, I, I'd say he's average. Um Yeah. I just I, I look at this lineup and I wonder if like Paul Goldschmidt if he's hitting in the two hole, I wonder if Paul Goldschmidt's going to like hit thirty one bombs and drive in eighty. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, it. There are a lot of people who you're kind of hoping for good outcomes on. Right. Like Dylan Carlson might be great. He might be really good. I don't. I don't know. He's he hasn't going shown to. it yet. Right. Tyler O'Neill, I think, is weird and I has a lot of power and. A lot of strikeouts and a bad approach, and um, be able to see where it goes from there. The pitching wise, it feels like this whole this whole thing, like their chance to compete in this division, revolves around Jack Flaherty turning in back into Jack Flaherty, because while the rest of them are dependable, I, I would say I think kind of in Wainwright, Martinez, Ponce de Leon, and, and Gant, they're all dependable back end starters in my mind. Yeah, they do have. I don't know what the deal is with Kim. I think he's only supposed to miss one turn. Mm-hmm. He had a one-handle ERA last year that has nothing to do with his skill. Uh, he didn't strike out anybody, but he could be like an okay addition to that that mixture. But but, but another dependable back end start. Like no one's going to be a star starter except for, no one with the chance to be a star level starter is Flaherty. Yeah, and he, and he has to do it, or they're not going to compete in the Central. Could depending on your definition of star, maybe Michaelis. Maybe he's hurt too, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not mean, great. You know, he has shoulder soreness, and shoulders scare the shit out of me. Yeah, they—that's a like chance only kind of thing. Right? Uh, do you think Yenesis Cabrera is going to be a uh, like a multi inning relief kind of guy instead of a starter long term? I think that's his best role as bulk relief. I, it just doesn't. It's not a you know. It, it's not a starter feel for me. Yeah. Um, if you told me that Alex Reyes in two years would be uh, like a like one of the best pitchers in baseball, I'd say, yeah, okay. Like, totally buy it, but they're trying not to use him as a starter this year. I know they're trying, but I would uh, I would bet hard. If you set the over-under on games started by Alex Reyes at 0.5, I'd bet hard on the over because yeah. it just goes back to what we talked about. Like, everyone's going to need a ton of starters. I think this guy's going to come in and start at some point unless he kind of takes that closer job and runs with it which is you know, there's a chance of that obviously we list uh, four closers for them that's <laughs> it's a lot it's, it's a lot of closers yeah um, yeah i mean they spread the wealth last year um as well in terms yeah. of saves they do have hicks um, back and i it wouldn't shock me if he just took it um i i gotta be honest with you i don't think he's that good i think he's good i don't think he's really good. i don't think it's closer level good despite the velo it, it's it's Obviously, the Velo's the best in baseball, really. Um, it's kind of straight and flat. Yeah. Um, and and I don't... 
you know, I, 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 it just, I just feel like he's going to be like a, a guy who's like a pretty solid seventh at times eighth inning option. You're always frustrated he's not more than that. When he, when he can like locate his slider, I feel very differently about it. When he started throwing his slider a lot better in uh in year two of the Hicks experience, his swing strikes ticked way up and mm-hmm. it looked better. But I don't think you want to count on that happening with him having no feel on it. Right. Um, and I actually like Genesis Cabrera. I think he's a, I think he's a pretty good arm. I think he'll be valuable. I think that this is going to be the year where we're going to have some really valuable bulk relievers. Like we're going to have, I think we're going to have relievers who throw over a hundred innings this year. I truly enjoy his changeup. It's one of my favorite pitches to watch someone throw that isn't like highly heralded. I don't even think he was supposed to have a good changeup coming up. Mm-mm. But no, it's something, it, that's, that's something that's come late. Um, it looks good. It does. Um, so let's talk about the two teams we've got kind of right below Milwaukee and St. Louis and, and, and start with um, the Cubs. All right. Can, you know, I feel similar on a pitching side that like Kyle Hendricks has to remain the 80 command Kyle Hendricks, which is the key to a success or they're screwed because no one else is going to be an above average starter. It, it feels to me like they're attempting to drive the bus into a wall, but it, it's possible that they have so little control over it that they miss and stay on the road. <laughs> um, I, it's just hard to be a division favorite when Jake Arrieta, as great as Jake Arrieta has been, is your number two starter. Yeah, and like it's not like it's, they have a better relative number three starter. Like I, like maybe Davies is. He might be okay, and he, yeah, but there's no. It's a might. It's a pretty big might. They were leaning kind of hard on Alec Mills becoming really good, I think, or they were really hoping, and now he didn't even make the rotation. No, yeah, now he's in the back of their pen, um, and by the back, I mean not back innings. Yeah. Um, you know, Craig Kimbrell's looked like Craig Kimbrell this spring in the sense that you never know what you're going to get. Um, also, like a pterodactyl, <laughs> Brandon Workman, I. It's interesting. Like I, I don't know what happened last year, but before that, he was fascinating. Um, but after that, it's, it's a real mishmash. Hey, they um, have a reliever who got also who got uh, MVP votes. Who's that? Uh, Ryan Tapera. Nice. This, oh, that's right. that's right. I forgot about that completely. Um, things I don't pay attention to. MVP voting very high on the list. I was a big fan of that one, just because. Uh, uh, yeah, why not? The guy owned it. Um. <laughs> Uh, lineup wise, uh, I mean, look, it, it's, it's, you know, we talked about how important Kyle Hendricks is to him, but they like Anthony Rizzo has to become Anthony Rizzo again. Chris Bryant has to become Chris Bryant again. And Javi Baez has to become Javi Baez again, or they're screwed. Yeah. Javi Baez would worry me greatly if I were a, a Cubs fan. Just, it fell apart so much on like mm-hmm. at the plate last year. And like, yeah, he got... He had like weird batted ball results too, but the mm-hmm. discipline and like just the contact and I don't I don't know what's yeah, going the, on. Yeah, the the approach went from bad to nightmare. Yeah, um, and it's funny because I, look, I think Javi Baez is one of the more exciting players in baseball. Yeah, totally um, agree. You know, and 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 but that doesn't mean good. And and when people are talking about this amazing free agent shortstop class, I don't think Baez comes anywhere close to the to the story, Lindor, Seeger, Correa group. Um, 
but he can't he can't hit under 200 again um yeah. and chris bryant can't hit under 200 again they need these guys to step up i know peterson's had a great spring but peterson's still going to be peterson and be like a borderline all-star against righties who shouldn't play against lefties um it's a nice piece it's not some huge upgrade over kyle schwarber it's actually a pretty similar talent it's he's almost kyle schwarber without the locks better defender i'd say better defender so are you um <laughs> better uh, defender he's he's an okay left field he's fine there yeah he came up as a center fielder right he came up he's a very different player he's big now he's much bigger much bigger he was actually kind of a a, 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 a lanky live outfielder who could who could you know was okay in center he probably he'd probably better in a corner but it was fine in center it was, you know 45 he's acceptable there he actually could run a little bit that's all he's now just kind of a slugger at this point yeah nico horner should not be in the majors i think that's pretty reasonable uh, but, but you have all the cubs fans screaming service time manipulation it's funny because the cubs are often guilty of it and this happens mm-hmm. to not be one of those times yeah no i agree with you um I, it's it's just weird to figure out what they're doing. Like it, they seemed like they you know they traded Darvish. It felt like they were hitting the reset button, and the next thing you know, like Jock Peterson's coming and and Jake Arrieta's coming, um, Trevor Williams is coming. Like, I, it's will their bullpen lead the league in walk rate? They have so many guys who just don't know where the ball's going. Kimbrel walks too many. Workman walks too many. Um, Jason Adam walks too many. Dylan Maples. Dylan Maples walks way too many. Rex Brothers walks way too many. I don't know if Dylan Maples will, like, I just don't know if he's ever going to have a walk rate that makes sense as a walk rate. <laughs> His stuff is absolutely insane. Um, it's just it's just 30 command. And like, I know he only pitched one what, inning in 2020, about it? but a 44% oh. walk rate is just hilarious. It's objectively hilarious. <laughs> I mean, what's his career walk rate at this point? 21% it's, in the majors. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it, you get to a certain point. Like, I, I get, like, Dylan Maples is almost 29 years old. Dylan Maples is not a prospect anymore. This concept that he's suddenly going to get it, and if he gets it, he'll be really good. You're right. If he gets it, he's really good. He's 29. This yeah. is not a prospect working on something. He's 29. Um, it's funny because they have the like maximum command guys in the rotation, like Hendricks and Davies, and they were right. trying to get Mills in there, and then they're just like, but on average, we have a normal amount of walks, right? And then it's just like every every guy coming out of the pen is just a bull in a china shop. Yeah. <laughs> um, are, I was surprised to see in the Zips projection that like you know it gave the Reds a chance. Are, are, do the Reds have a chance here? Can you can you tilt your head and squint and see? Yeah, maybe. Like, can you get there? I'm having trouble. Um, it's gonna rely a lot on them being both healthier than I think and healthier than their opponents, and Eugenio Suarez being able to play shortstop. And so I would say no. <laughs> I guess I would say no. I cannot convince myself they have a chance. But look, I don't know. Maybe he's just suddenly a good shortstop after not being a good shortstop when he was younger. This, yeah, the Suarez remove. I'm just going to date myself constantly. This show um, reminds me of the late '80s teams putting Howard Johnson there. Eight, late '80s Mets teams, like not having a shortstop and just throwing Howard Johnson there. Yeah, who, you know who's a slugging third baseman, right? Like I get, I get why they had to do it because I, I do think that it gives them the best chance to win with this personnel. But why did you forget to get a shortstop? 
<laughs> they thought they forgot. They tried some guys. Did they? <laughs> kind of, sort of. Like, if I tell you that I'm going to make a really good effort to go to the store today and get some eggs, and then mm. I walk to the front of my house and I'm like, actually, like, I don't feel like getting eggs today, so I'm not going to. Did I, did I make a effort? I told you I would, so that counts for something. But they didn't bring in anyone who could win the job. And, and, and you know what? I'm going to cook this cream cheese just like I cook an egg and call it eggs. Right, exactly. It's the same <laughs> color. I'll put some yellow food dye in the middle. That, that's the yolk. I mean, it's just... Who was actually going to credibly be a major league shortstop? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, and at what point do you take Joey Votto out of the top of the lineup at least? They should just have him hit leadoff. Why not? It would make sense. Um, you ready for a hot take? Yeah. What kind of odds can I get on Jonathan India for Rookie of the Year? Ooh. That is an interesting one. I'm, I'm tempted to look up where they are. I mean, I'm not saying he's a favorite, nor should he be. But if you gave me good odds, I'd think about it. So I haven't... Like, I've followed the fact that he's hit well enough to kind of force his way into the discussion as basically a shortstop replacement. Mm-hmm. It, you know, roundabout. But um, I just don't know enough about him as a prospect to know what's reasonable he's, here. He's interesting. He, t- he suddenly looks like the player that everyone saw at Florida. And I, I saw him at Florida. Um, real fun series. It was Florida at Auburn. So I got to see Casey Mize that year as well. Um, and I loved him. I, I thought he was great. I thought it was like, I, it wasn't like superstar upside, but it felt like such a safe floor. I just felt like this guy could walk in tomorrow and hit like 275 with 16. Um, I really liked him and I love what he's shown this spring. And, and, and I don't know, I, I give me long, good odds on it. I, I think about it. It appears they're 40 to one and that sounds pretty good. I, I yeah, I, I, if I lived in Vegas, which I do not, I would, I would, I would go run and throw 20 bucks on that. Yeah. Like now Ian Anderson at seven and a half to one. I may, I may be like more. I might, I might throw more money on that. Yeah, exactly. But that's my, that was my choice on the, on the, on the fan graphs choices that I think I assume are out today. If I, you're listening today, I picked Carlson because I picked the Cardinals to win, and I figure those are correlated enough. Maybe I'll look smart and hit a bunch of correlated bets. How much of that is brain, and how much of that is emotion? Uh, do you still consider yourself a Cardinals fan? Um, yeah, I do. Or, or, or has the 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 gig kind of have you become no. any more neutral, I guess, is what I'm asking. I think I have been able to kind of neutralize myself in the sense of, like, not really rooting against opponents in anything in a way that yeah, makes you yeah, a true yeah. diehard. But right. I still like it more when the Cardinals win, and That's I still fair. follow them. Yeah, I don't know if I follow them more than other teams anymore, because I just follow everyone pretty closely. I think I've right. lost the following closer, but I have kept the I'm happy when they win. Um. So the rotation of the, of the Reds obviously takes a downfall. They lost Bauer. Um, Sonny Gray is a back issue. Those should scare the shit out of you. Those are more uh, terrifying to me than shoulder. Well, than elbow issues. Yeah, I'll t- I'll, 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 I'm happy to put them. Shoulders. Shoulders are the worst. Shoulders, shoulders scares the, me. The, the, the absolute worst. Um, but after that, it gets kind of it gets kind of dicey at this point. Yeah, um, I hope Wade Miley doesn't hate me. I was not complimentary of them leaning heavily on Wade Miley. In our uh, on our write up for their rotation, I, 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 you know, for all the money I'm willing to bet on Jonathan India and later Ian Anderson, I would bet even more that Wade Miley did not reach her piece. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> so, 
Um, Amir Garrett takes closer roles. One of my favorite players in baseball. I think he'll be a decent closer. Um, Sean Doolittle had a rough spring. A rough 2022. Yeah, you wonder uh, how much is left in the tank there. Easy, easy, easy guy to root for. Yeah. Um, uh, huge sleeper. I think he should start. Those things that start the year in the pen is TJ Antone. Um, this guy's got real stuff as well as some ability to use it. Um, and some, you know, some kind of ex prospects suddenly showing up in Carson Fulmer and CNL Perez, who both kind of have stuff combined with, with inconsistency, but both had pretty interesting springs and you wonder if they figured something out. Um, you know, chances are no, but there were, there are some signs of optimism there. Yeah, I guess it's still not a great bullpen. Don't kid yourself. You, you could like things could work out well. So Lorenzen is theoretically going to be a starter. But he also but has a shoulder injury. Shoulder, yeah, shoulder. And not good. I think he's better as a reliever anyway. I do too. I uh, I get why they're trying it. It's he could maybe maybe work, and like why not? And he's a freak athlete. So I don't know. Maybe he'll be able to handle the load of being a starter better than you expect. But yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> the early returns aren't great. So the one team I think we all agree is out of. Contention for the National League Central is the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah. Um, how bad are they? Over under 100, 100 losses. Ooh, under. Okay. I don't think the NL Central is good enough to beat them into submission. That's yeah, that's, a, that's actually a really good part of the argument. Um, it's a weird team. They're 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 obviously resetting, but at the same time, I don't know what they're building around. That's I mean that's the thing. Like I don't. You don't see at least the start of something like Brian Hayes is really interesting. Um, like Mitch Keller. He was really good last year. I don't know. I, I still have trouble seeing Hayes as like a potential impact guy. Hayes doesn't hit he's the ball good. as hard as it looks like he hits the ball. Yeah, right? I think he's going to be good. Keller had huge struggles this spring um, and has struggled to kind of make that step. Um, and so I, suddenly there's question marks around him. But, you know, you look at the at the lineup. Um, you know, Stallings catching, uh, Colin Moran at first, Frazier at second, Hayes at, at third, Kevin Newman, who had a crazy spring at shortstop, uh, an outfield of, of, of Reynolds, Alford, Polanco. Like I sit down, I go, who's on this Pirates team when they're good? And I don't have a good answer after Hayes. Yeah. That's just, just not enough. You can't have just one. Um, Alford is a very smart bet. <sighs> it just feels like a fourth outfielder to me. Like, I don't think it'll work, but shouldn't they be trying? Mm-hmm. This is what you do when you're this bad. You get these young players like Alfred and whatever, and you try to figure out which one of them can be it. Yeah. Brian Reynolds could be on the next good team. Um, I don't know about that. I don't think it's likely. But, yeah. That's a guy. That that 2019 thing was the flukiest year on the planet. Yeah. that um, That's fair. Um, and then rotation. Like, it's all, Mitch Keller's all of a sudden 25 years old, and you just, you just can't you just can't make that conversion. And he looks so good in the minors. It's terrifying how good he looked. Have you heard the Mitch Keller FIP story? I have not, so he, go ahead. He Let's saw FIP on the scoreboard in San Francisco, and he's like, that number looks like ERA. And he had to Google it because the Pirates hadn't told him what FIP was. Uh-huh. That, that was after he'd made the major leagues. That's like, I'm just surprised they didn't bring that up to him at some point beforehand. Really? Like, it, especially for someone like him who was like just getting the crap hit out of him. In a way that didn't wasn't really re- reflected. Wasn't fair, right? 
like if I were trying to keep my you know, like young, talented starter like in good spirits when he has a seventy RA, I would be like just hammering this home every day. But that was the old regime. Yeah, it was the old regime. And I was like, you know, I don't know who Mitch Keller is a person. Sometimes it's better to say, hey, you're doing well. You're giving up a lot of hard contact. You're giving That's up fair. a lot of shit contact. And I don't, I, it's, I go back to, there was a, 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 an all-star game a few years back. Um, and I won't name names here, but a very uh, sabermetric friendly announcer on MLB Network asked Clayton Kershaw about, uh, I think it was war and fifth and Clayton said, I don't care about that. I'm just trying to get wins. And he was so, he, he was absolutely apoplectic about it. And I was just, and I was like, I don't, and I have to, why do you care? Why do you care what Clayton Kershaw thinks about this? Clayton, if Clayton Kershaw goes out and says, he wakes up in the morning when he has to start and says, I'm, I'm aiming for a win. Great. That's fine. Yeah. Learning worked, styles and everything. It, it's worked wonders for Clayton Kershaw. I guarantee you that Justin Verlander goes out saying, I want to get the win. Like, that's what he does. Yeah. It's it, Why would you argue with that? Why would you want to change anything about that? You know, it, it just, why anyone cares what players think about advanced metrics is beyond me. I think, um, yeah, like there's just, some people who weird. like it. And... Yeah, there's guys who are totally into it, but like, I, I, there's not something to be evangelical with on with players. Yeah. That makes um, a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, Pirates bullpen is, is better than people think. Um, Chris Stratton is, I think, uh, a really good reliever. Another excellent underhanded compliment. Yeah, but I think it is. It's okay. Like, there's worse bullpens in baseball. Um, Chris Stratton, I think, is a really good, is going to be a trade target for a lot of teams. He's, 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 uh, he can miss bats. He can spin the shit out of it. But speaking of spinning the shit out of it, Kyle Crick spins baseballs. Harder than anyone in, in all of baseball, period. Um, I was messing around with StatCast the other day uh, and just looking at spring numbers. And, and I just wanted to see who was spinning it the most. And again, like just because you can spin it doesn't mean you're good. And, and this is a case like we talked about earlier about a guy who spins it so much he has trouble controlling it. But I kind of I kept upping the number. And I, and I said, fine, show me every pitch more than, with, more than a, with a spin rate over 3,200, which is insanity. Um. This spring, Kyle Crick had 36 pitches with 3,200 spin rate or more. No one else had more than seven. Um, it's elite spin. Um, he just he just walks too many guys. Um, but, you know, obviously any team would... They don't really have a closer. They just have like a lot of interesting power arms um, who are uh, inefficient uh, at, at best and consistent at worst. Yeah, and... That doesn't seem like a good fit with the way that their rotation is just full of a lot of people who aren't going to throw many innings. Yeah, exactly. They're going to need a lot of pen innings. They're going to have to lean on a lot of arms. And, um, boy, talk about depth issues. Like, I, I don't even know who they would call on to start if, if it didn't work out. I mean, you're probably going to see Chase DeJong at some point. Um, it, it's, it's, it's not a, the depth is definitely not there. It's one of the reasons they're going to really yeah. scuffle. I like Stephen Brault. Brault. Yeah. He's been okay. interesting at times. Yeah. He's like, you know, it looks like he's hurt right now, but and be shut down from throwing for a month. That doesn't sound good. All right. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. Um, we can add that out. I'm not going to add that out by the way. Um, <laughs> so, uh, not a good team. And, and the problem is like, I much like some of the other, I, I don't, I don't really see the path here yet either. 
Yeah. Sure, they're working on it. Sure, they're working on it. I just don't see it yet. I guess it involves Daniel Cruz. Going to be bad for a while. Yeah. Going to be bad for a while. Uh, I think it's reasonable to give them a little bit of time. Like Ben Charrington's stuff worked in Boston in terms of, I don't know. Yeah. If, I don't know if it worked to like turn from a big pile of talented parts into a winning team, but it did a really good job of turning into a big pile of talented parts. Yeah. It seems like the right people are in place to, to try to do this. I just don't yeah. see the direction. It's yet. not there yet. That's all. Yeah, that's all. So we'll take a break. We'll come back with the final division, the National League West. There's some good teams in that division. Stick around. <laughs> back to the podcast time for the final division and the final segment national league west before we do that do you want to talk about the music you've been listening to in between segments uh you're listening to vitamin and uh this is a collection of recordings um they had very few studio recordings uh it's a few studio recordings and some live stuff uh that is in a collection that is being released by don giovanni records um this is one of those bands that uh, that few people have heard of, including myself until I heard the stuff. I really liked it. Um, it's one of those bands that uh, not a lot of knowledge about them, but but one of those bands that people who did know about them ended up making their own rock bands, if you will, kind of a, a Velvet Underground-like thing. Um, started in Boston in the late 70s by a couple of teenagers, uh, Jason Shapiro and Mike McClinchy. Um, they, they barely knew instruments. They started a band that uh, was kind of punky, but also really embraced kind of the, the art punk Perubu kind of thing, as well as some of the no wave stuff coming out of New York, um, quickly gained some attention locally. Uh, actually, Roger Miller from Mission of Burma is the guy who produced their studio stuff. Uh, they didn't last long. Um, you know, they, they lasted about two years. Uh, never got big or anything like that, but but highly influential and a, and a really important part of kind of the stuff that came out of Boston in the late 80s. A lot of that 4AD sound, if you will, um, you know, Pixies throwing muses and things like that. A lot of fun. Um, highly recommend uh, listening to this or, or, or picking it up. It's, it's just a set of their recordings. It's like four studio recordings, almost all you have. Um, and then some live stuff that uh, from the underground and The Rat, which if you are a, a, a Boston music person, you certainly know uh, of The Rat. Um, but again, Vitamin, check it out, Don Giovanni Records. Thank you so much for letting us play them on the podcast. Ready to talk about the AL or the National League West, NL West. It's the NL West. Yeah. I think this is, a, this is one of those divisions that everyone wants to be close. But it's not going to be, is it? I do not think it's going to be close. Okay, we're on the same page here. Um, 
let's start with the team that's going to win the division, which is Los Angeles Dodgers. What? Uh, <laughs> that would have been great. Um, this is the best team in baseball, right? I, I don't even think it's close. Like, <laughs> Okay, let's play the game. Uh, over 100 wins, over under. <sighs> it's hard to predict. It's hard to pick an over on 100 wins, but I'm going to. Okay, over under on 108. <laughs> under. I'm going to take the over. Wow. I think this team went, I think this team can can do like the the, the two thirds game can go 108 and 54. Um, I mean, what can you say? It's a great. This, this is a great team. There's there's uh, no real holes in the lineup. The pitching staff has the much needed depth that every team is going to need this year. Um, and, and and again, like they're going to need guys who can who can come in and start, and they have that. Um, you know, and a guy like Gonsolin, um, with Dustin May taking the fifth job, Gonsolin's around to fill in when he needs to, and, and, and he might be really good. He also might explode out of the bullpen, by the way. Um, yeah, he might be like Ross Stripling, but turned up a right. few matches. Yeah, really, really big, big shit. Um, it's terrifying. Like, you know, it's, it's you know, Kershaw scares you still to this day. Trevor Bauer, as bad of a person he is, as good a pitcher he is. Um, Walker Bueller's really good. Uh, and then the bullpen's just so deep. Like the second you get to the sixth inning, you're in trouble. Yeah, the thing that like, the thing that makes it just so ridiculous is if Bauer turns into what he was before, like 2020, which is like good but not overpowering starter, right? Then like okay, then they have the second best rotation in baseball still in the best lineup, <laughs> right? And the like, lineup, okay. right? And and you know, Mookie Betts, one of the best players in all of baseball. Um, Corey Seager, and I will say this, one of the best players in all of baseball. Um, if, it, if it all lines up at the end of, or heading into 22, I guess, if, if out of this, all these shortstops everybody keeps talking about, if Corey Seager ends up getting the most money, it won't shock me at all. I think it would surprise me, just because I, I think Lindor is going to get a really long deal. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess... Like just because the Dodgers are my favorites to sign Seager, and they tend towards shorter deals, right? Tell that to Mookie Betts. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, yeah, I, Cody Bellinger is really good, and I think we'll bounce back uh, from what he's done. Will Smith's turned into uh, you know gone from a really nice catching prospect to a really good catcher. Uh, Mac Muncy hits bombs and gets on base. AJ Pollock's still you know an average to above corner dude and left um this might be the year gavin lux breaks out it's all there they're they're just i don't i have nothing to say bad about this team um, lots of depth too all lots of sorts depth. of depth like chris taylor i think is might be the best utility man in baseball i like edwin um, rios edwin rios is would it would be a starting third baseman on double digit teams um yeah. this, this team's unbelievable um i i yeah, they might win one ten. Um, I don't know what, what else do we say about them. They're just great. Yeah, they're really good. Um, everything's really good. <laughs> now, uh, I, obviously, the story of the year, uh, the story of the off season. I never, I'm never a fan of best off season because uh, that just tends to be given to whoever made the most moves. But the story was the Padres. Um, kind of, I don't know, going for it. They traded for you, Darvish and Blake Snell. Um, they brought in Mark Melanson into the pen. They uh, signed Joe Musgrove. Him. They got Joe Musgrove, who's who's really interesting. Um, 
no uh, no brainer that the Dodgers are going to win the West. No brainer that the Padres get a wild card, right? Yeah, I, exactly. Okay. Would the Padres be the favorite? I think that, okay, let's, would the Padres be the favorite? We'll start with the easier question. Would the Padres be the favorite in the National League Central? Yeah. Yeah. Easy, right? Yeah. I think the Phillies would be the favorite in the NL Central. <laughs> would the Padres be the favorite in the National League East? I think they would. Mm-hmm. But I think it would be a really competitive three-way race. So is this is this a ninety win team or a ninety five win team? I think they are closer to a ninety five win team. I have a lot more like I think that they're a little bit more bimodal, and if I'm just wrong on some of their pitchers, then they're more of a ninety win team. Mm-hmm. And like they're pretty deep too, but not in the same like talented depth way that the Dodgers are to where you can make up right. for some misses. Exactly. And um it's a good rotation obviously and, and and Darvish and Snell at the top lead things off. Um the bullpen will be there's a lot of weapons there, but I don't I think it's like the the the, the second half of that bullpen's a little middling at times. Um and the, the the lineup just isn't as deep as the Dodgers, you know, like like you know guys like like Vic Carantini and Jerks and Profar would not be starting for the Dodgers, right? Um, this is a great I mean, team. they're hoping that Carantini doesn't start for them, but right. Um, but you know, catching catching is a bit of an issue for them. Um, yeah, I'm not quite the the believer in Austin Hola that it seems like some industry people became um, in yeah, the last few kind of, years. I'm I'm a team bent on that one. Um, but this this is such a good team, and 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 what do you expect from Fernando Tatis in a healthy full year? Like borderline MVP season, right? MVP candidate season, right? That's that that seems like a, a reasonable like, right. expectation if he's healthy. Um, yeah, most exciting player in baseball to watch probably right now. Um, yeah, and there's not like. There's not a lot of questions where you're like, oh, but can he do this? I'm like, yeah, he can. Yeah, Stay no, healthy is the thing. Right. What can't he do? Uh, there's there's no, absolutely nothing he can't do. Um, they still, I mean, Derek Cosmer's still their first baseman. And he's still a guy who scuffles to, to live up to the expectations of that contract. He's not bad per se. He's just okay. Um, Got to be a little worried that Tommy Pham, who the Rays DH two years ago, is their center fielder until Grisham gets back. For sure, yeah. It's it's they don't have an ideal defense. I think really, I think their defense is less than ideal in a few places. Yeah, um, which is, gives the Dodgers another advantage. Um, I think when they're when they have Famine left and uh, Grisham in center, the outfield's you know, like like fine. Yeah, but I think one interesting thing, thing that they they have done is you know to talk about the depth issues, if you will. This is another team that has the, where their depth issues are in the big leagues, if that makes sense. Um, like, you know, depending on, on who goes down and some people are going to go down, it's baseball and, and it's 2021. Um, like guys like Profar and, and, and Kim, I mean, it can cover all over. You know what I mean? So they're always, they're never dropping. The drop is never gigantic. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And I think that's it. That's one thing that they have that's that's going to work out really, really well for them. I thought but the Profar I, signing was uh, was really smart, actually. Like, yeah, not, not so much because I think he's going to be an all star or 
anything like that, but just because it's so much insurance and it's insurance at a wide variety of places at a reasonable yeah. price. And I thought the same thing about the Kim signing and it was kind of surprising to see him go there because he doesn't have a, an obvious everyday position to play. But the fact that he can play all over the diamond and, and fill in in a variety of places as needed. Um, yeah, it was also really piece. smart, I think, because if, if Cronenworth is closer to what people would have expected before 2020, which is like a, you know, decent little player tuned down benzo wrist or something mm-hmm. instead of i mean he was awesome in 2020 uh it's just good insurance right like yeah for sure they just have a there's a lot of ways where someone cannot be what what they thought they'd be and it still works out like i really like what they did with this offseason it's just so hard to catch the dodgers yeah so they're just it's a, a sisyphean task um is there another team in this division that has a chance to compete for a playoff role or no? I'm going no. <laughs> I really want I really want to say yes, but no. No. If you wanted to say yes, who would you pick? I think that it's possible that the Diamondbacks are better than we think. Okay. And that's based on what? Based on their 2019, basically. Like, and they actually were pretty good, and, and and the core of that team for the most part's here. Yeah, that, and I like Josh Rojas, who who they've kind of swapped in. Really good spring. I like Christian Walker. He was part of that team. I think they kind of screwed up uh, Kevin Crone. Like I think they should have had him in the majors, so he's not in, not taking an offer in Japan. Did you see the ball he hit last night? I didn't, but it's I bet he was really far. It was, oh my god. He had, my, it, it looked like, I'm, I'm just going to, KG StatCast says 460. <laughs> um, Josh Rojas is interesting. I mean, this is a, this is a late draft pick, 26th round, um, and uh, insider story here. So uh, the, when the, the Astros trade for Zach Granke, the, the, the real holdup was Josh Rojas, was putting Josh Rojas in the deal. Um, and it was a mixed, it was a mixed group as far as wanting to include him. And it, so, and it was, it was completely, it was, it was, that was the holdup. Like, would we do Joshua? Would we put Josh Rojas in the deal? And we, if we did, the deal got done. If we didn't, it was not going to get done. Um, and it was a mixed room. So Bukowskis, like, sure, that's the price of doing business. Yeah, exactly. It's not like we liked him better. And so it was just like, that's, that was the, that was, that was yeah. the holdup. Um, he's, I mean, again, 26 round pick, like he's got a real approach. Um, he's, there's a contact ability there. Uh, is he a second baseman? There's some pop there. That's my problem. Like the, my only issue with Josh Rojas is he can play a lot of positions, but none of them well. Who's one of those kind of players? Um, I think he's like a 40, 45 second baseman. That's not great. No, I, 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 that's, that's my one issue with Josh Rojas. But I'm interested in seeing what he can do um, with an everyday job, in, just in the lineup every day. Um, cause I, think he, I actually think there's some offensive ability there. Um, a return to form for Kittle Mokte would be would be obviously key for them. Um, I just don't know how they're going to compete for a playoff spot with this pitching staff. Yeah, that's that's the big problem. Like, I even like Carson Kelly a lot. I think there's a chance that he's a, a solidly above average catcher. I would agree with that. Yeah, the, the the tools to do so are there. They just haven't showed up enough so far. Yeah, they show up like in spurts and little parts yeah, year, exactly. little parts the next year. But mm-hmm. it's one of those like. I think this is like an old football saying, once you've demonstrated a skill, you have that skill. Yeah. But he's demonstrated a lot of different skills. And if he staples them all together, it's going to be great. But 
one of those skills is not making his pitchers that much better. Like, and uh, like Luke Weaver has shown flashes in the past. Mm-hmm, but it's just flashes. He's yeah. frustrating. He just um, he Zach Allen's hurt. They have a lot of former Cardinals. They do, and you know, Masson Bumgar is a like you know a shell of his former self. Yeah, he was um, throwing hard in the spring, right? A little bit, yeah. Which is um, at least you know hopeful, but yeah, the bullpen's messy. Um, you know, Joaquim Sori is their closer, ostensibly. Um, I'm looking they, through here for names that I'm like, yeah, I like that guy. Yeah, how they get to him is is going to be the question. Yeah, I like Soria. Nice pitcher. Stretches nice, the closer. He's stretched exactly. He's a nice pitcher. He'd be a, a good part of any bullpen. If he's getting your ninth, you're a little nervous. Um, the Giants, I think, are moving in the right direction. Um, this is not the year it all pays off for them. Yeah. Um, it's just not enough offense. They're incredibly good at cobbling together good players by giving people major league auditions. And they're incredibly good at cobbling together lineups that are more dangerous than you think because of the platoons. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that Farhan brought with him from Oakland, obviously. Um, I know the team that, that really likes to do the platoon thing, but like, you know, it's, it's, you know, Alex Dickerson might not strike you as a star, but go look up his splits against righties. It's it's almost star level. You know what well, I mean? Look up Wilmer Flores' splits against lefties. Like yeah, it's it's like they got due to if you if you if you use them in the right spots, all of a sudden when you combine those two guys, it's a really good player. Yeah, uh, they they have a pretty well constructed team, and it certainly doesn't hurt that Yastrzemski turned out to be more than a platoon bat. Yeah, out of nowhere, I I, I worry about how real that is, but I, I I I'm I'm ready to accept being proven wrong. Yeah, he's done it for a lot longer than, like, it just, yeah. I don't know. And it doesn't it, look particularly fake. No, it doesn't. And that's the thing. It, it just, it never it never feels right, but it doesn't yeah. look fake. Like, he's babbaping way too high and, like, yeah, but that can go down a lot and he can still be really good. Yep. It, it was very interesting because I I was very slow to accept it. Yeah, I'm still not even sure I'm there yet. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's fair. Um. Rotations led off by Gossman uh, gets a little shaky by there, but there's a couple interesting arms I want to talk about. Um, I've always been an Anthony Descalfini fan. Um, obviously, there's a health issue there always. Yeah. Um, but I've always liked the stuff, and, and, and as well as the pitchability. It's a nice combination of stuff and command. And I don't know, maybe Aaron Sanchez is a sleeper. I, I just think a healthy version of Aaron Sanchez in the right team who knows how to utilize his arsenal the right way. Um, which is honestly how I felt we could get there when I was with Houston. Um, and then he got hurt. Like I think this guy can be an above-average pitcher, and he's there's some signs of it this spring. But it's gonna, you know, he's got to be healthy. Yeah, it's, it feels a lot like Rich Harden to me. Yeah, it's, it's a great name to bring up. Um, bullpen's a problem. <laughs> uh, there's just not a lot of other ways to put it. Pen's a problem. Um, you know, Jake McGee and Ray's Maranta might be closing games for you, and that's not a good thing. Jake McGee looked good on the Dodgers. Like he maybe, did. He looked. He, there was a bit of a bounce back for him. Maybe he's. Uh, maybe he's figured it out. Um, Harleen Garcia, I think. Like, I don't know. Fine. Yeah, some power to that. Yeah, mate. As a reliever, he might. He might work it out. I. I know the Marlins once tried to start him, and I'm glad the Giants aren't trying to do that anymore. But I don't have a lot of hope that he's going to be an above average reliever 
Yeah. Tyler Rogers? Tyler Rogers? Tyler Rogers, yeah, that's all right. <laughs> just no one who, I, again, like, who's your, what's your danger factor in the bullpen? I don't know what that is here. What is an ablation procedure? That sounds bad. That doesn't sound good. I don't, I'm not, I don't know offhand what an ablation procedure is. Alex Wood had that. Oh, you know who I actually really like as a reliever on the Giants? He will probably Almighty. not pitch much this year. John Brevia. Okay. Why? I think that if you just looked at his stuff and not him, I think he would look a lot like kind of a Chad Green type. Okay. He's got that like deceptively this. like like hard to hit fastball. It spins decent. It's got a lot of vertical rise. It's got a flat plane. Mm-hmm. He has one breaking ball that he knows how to throw off of it, and it works. And that's you know that's that's the stuff for a pretty decent reliever. That's um, your sleeper. You gonna put a rookie of the year bet on him? No, nah, he's not a rookie. And I, I was gonna say yeah, he lost quite. He's lost I don't think he'll pitch this year. Like he had TJ <laughs> middle of last year. That's a shame. But uh, I think it, it, you know he played an indie ball for a while. And you're rooting for this dude. Yeah, you're rooting for this dude, and it wouldn't surprise me if he ended up being a an above average major league reliever. But when that's what I'm saying about your bullpen is, hey, this guy who had TJ last year and might not pitch and is an indie ball player is probably your best reliever, like, or might be your best reliever. That's not good. It's, yeah. Are you ready to talk about the Rockies? <laughs> I guess we have to get it over with at some point. Sorry, most Rockies. E- it's the most efficient team in baseball. They have their analysts doing clubby work. Um, how bad are they? I have a great way to put this. I just finished compiling the crowdsourced radio rankings for Fangraphs. Mm-hmm. The Rockies finished 29th. Um, when we earlier did the crowdsourced TV rankings, they finished 29th. And they're nothing if not consistent. <laughs> Is this the 29th best team in baseball? I, it feels that way to me. <laughs> they're, they're the 30th like most functional, so... Um, are they that bad? No, no, they're just disappointing. Like, it feels like they're, they're just, they don't ever understand what they're doing. It feels like, you know, like, oh, that, yeah, that I know. It's just watching them just causes me cognitive dissonance and it just <laughs> makes me, it's that, like you get a crawly feeling when you watch them and when you look at the way that they put their teams together and it's so weird they just they they operate strangely. Yeah. I, I think it's more that than that they're so bad. Yeah, but, it's, it's 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 I mean obviously Trevor's story is really good. It's kind of and and Charlie Blackman's still really good. He's just not great anymore. It's kind of excessively mediocre from there. Um can I deliver you a Rockies hot take? Yeah. CJ Crone hits 40 home runs this year. I like that take. Um, like there's some okay arms in there at times. Um, I just, I, they're just so weird. And so here's my over under. It's not even over under. It's 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 a binary yes no question. You ready? Yeah. Is Trevor is Trevor's story a Rocky on August first? No. So that makes Trevor's story. Is Trevor's story therefore the number one trade acquisition this year? Um, so who else would be available to be the number one? Because, I mean, if, if, even if the Mets don't sign Lindor, they're not going to trade him. They're not going to trade him, right? You know, so, uh, is not going to get traded in July. Seager's not going to get traded in July. Well, he's the number one shortstop, right? Are there any pitchers who are coming up? Not to that. 
There are, but not to this level. This is this is the number one trade target. This is the yeah. guy everyone's going to want. Like this is the guy. Maybe the Yankees get him. Yeah. The um, the one thing that is keeping him from being a hotter asset is that a lot of the teams who are contenders have good shortstops, but not all of them do. Yeah, not all. Of them and do. he would be absurdly overqualified at third. I think. Yeah, I I, I think he'd want to stay at shortstop. But yeah, I I I, I think you're right. I still. You know, I think there's a world where the, he fits on the Yankees even now um, and slide Glaber over. Um, but yeah. it's 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 an interesting thing to think about um, where he'd end up. You know, is he a, a, is he a good fit for Milwaukee? I mean, um, yeah, if, if they can afford it. If they can afford it, is it you know, is, where would he where would he work out best? Because you're right, the you know the competitors tend to have good shortstops. Um, Who's the second best player in the Rockies? Uh, Herman Marquez. Okay, they're they're kind of their ace in a way. Yeah, um, I, it's him or Blackman, right? Yeah, it's him or Blackman. Like I like Kyle Freeland. Okay, he's hurt shoulder, shoulder, <laughs> the episode of the shoulder. Um, you know, after Marquez, it's 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 a bit of a mess. I don't know. John Gray's had some moments this spring, but I feel like we've entered our sixth year of John Gray having some moments in the spring. Yeah, I've become jaded. Um, Daniel Bard was a phenomenal story last year. Um, I think Michael Givens is kind of good. After that, the bullpen's a real train wreck. I like Bob uh, Steve. You like who? Robert Stevenson. He's a... You know, he probably won't figure messy, it out. It's a, it's a messy stuff guy. Yeah. Yeah. I I know that the Reds sometimes got him to just go like slider, 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 slider. And yeah, he threw 66% sliders in 2020. Great. Do that more. Like, actually, I it seems like that's the best way for him to be effective. It's yeah, no, su- absolutely. It's, it's surprising because it sounds wrong. No, and yet it, I swear to you it's not. Yes. Big fan of this. Um if the guy's best pitch is not a fastball, throw more of those than fastballs. It's 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 the right way to go. Yeah, it's entirely possible that he's you know unrosterable, but worth finding out. Um, so that's it. We've talked about thirty teams, Ben. We have. I we're the, we're the big winners. I'm kind of amazed that we did that. <laughs> it's, it's something to do on a Wednesday afternoon. I would ask you for your final choice for world champion. I'm not going to do that to you because I think the playoffs are a dice roll. I agree. Um, so let's not do that. I like the Dodgers the most, but I like them less than the field. Okay, if I gave you the Dodgers and the Yankees against the field, which what would you do? I'd still take the field. If I gave you... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you to take the field. If I get give you the Dodgers, the Yankees, and the Padres against the field. <sighs> I'm getting close. You're getting close. Give me one more team. Give me... Um... I'm going to give you like a team that like a, like a lesser play. I'm going to give you the Dodgers, the White the Sox, Yankees. No, the Dodgers, the Yankees. This is going to be interesting. You ready? Dodgers, the Yankees, the Padres, and your choice of one National League Central team. Okay, um, I think I would take the Brewers because I think their big good outcomes are better. Like the mm-hmm. the outcomes mm-hmm. where several of their pitchers are better than we think. So if I give you, if I give you, take those four. I think I'll take I, them at that point. Okay, we've reached, we've reached, we've reached the tipping point. Uh, where would you have switched over? 
I think somewhere around there feels right. Like if you gave me like the Braves, the Mets, I would have just slammed yes. And I think if you gave me the Cubs, I would have said no. So, right, that was close. Well, was... Uh, real quick exercise. Let's do let's do the uh, let's the 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 World Series the, using the Fangraphs playoff probability. Right. All right. Yankees are seventeen point six percent. Padres are eleven percent. So you're up to twenty eight point six. Brewers are one point nine. Didn't help you much. Um, Dodgers are twenty two. So we're over thirty point five and twenty two. You, you boy. You match. You match. You you match the. Uh, the I think we might have been over before the Brewers, but I think the Brewers yeah, are more than one point nine percent. I think the Padres I, I, are. No, actually, that's probably about right. It's tough. Though. That feels eleven percent feels right. Wild card though. It's yeah, hard. The extra round kills them. Extra round kills you. Yeah. Uh, ben, I want to thank you for throwing away your complete afternoon to recording over three hours with me. <laughs> throwing away implies um, I was going to do something else awesome with it, but. <laughs> And uh, I hope everyone enjoys opening day. I hope we have a a, a successful and safe season. Uh, And thanks for listening, everyone. And we'll talk to you next week. Kevin, this was a blast. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for coming on. Thank you.